Hey guys, uh, this week's episode is episode 13. It's with Rhett Atwood, a uh, local just outside of the Pittsburgh area here. He just started up a project that, uh, you know, it, it's in the works. It doesn't really exist yet, but he's really excited about it. He wanted to come and talk about it on the show, and that is his idea for the Block Skate Park, which will in theory, be a 24-hour uh, bike park roughly an hour or so outside of the Pittsburgh area. So, um, you know, we talk about some of the logistics in that, what he's got ahead of him to make this, you know, dream a reality. Uh, talk about some of his other projects, uh, such as Stay Inspired and Stay Rad. And, uh, you know, just general chat this one's kind of long so uh you know bear with it it is what it is um you will notice that this is the first episode where we have a proper camera set up through the whole thing not just in this intro video so you know i can like hit this table and not everything shaking as as it used to so that's kind of cool but um yeah sit back relax and enjoy the, the episode thanks What's up guys, uh, Andy with Grindworks here again, welcome to the Grindworks podcast, thanks for checking this out, I'm here with Rat Atwood, uh, I think I said that right, I don't yeah, actually know. Yeah, that's the first one that yeah, I ever got it right the first time. Cool. Um, hanging out, Rat hit me up actually just earlier today, last couple of days we've been talking about a project he's got in the works, but before we even talk about that, uh, We'll just do some background stuff. So what's going on, man? Um, well, for the most part, uh, for the last six, seven years, I've been full-time tattoo artist. I've been, had a shop in Katanning, and uh, I recently actually just closed down that shop to kind of pursue something else. I've you know put the last, realistically, 30 years into tattooing. I've known I wanted to do tat tattoos since I was about six or seven years old. You know? So like, I just feel like I, you know, I've, I've put a lot of time into that already, and I mean, like, I obviously have plenty of other things outside of tattooing that I enjoy mm -hmm. doing and things like that. So, like, I feel like it's time to just kind of pursue something else, and uh, that's where I'm looking into this, you know, this other project. I do a lot of photography and film. Um, do the Stay Rad project. Uh, I've been trying to get Stay Inspired going, you know, doing our own clothing and things mm -hmm. like that. So, no lack of, you know, things to do, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. No lack of ideas. We just need more time. Like, we were just talking about this earlier today. Like, if we can just figure it out how to get a couple more hours into this day. You know, like 30 hours in a day, man, would probably be enough to do it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You'd still, you'd end up jamming more stuff on your plate. That's what I've been told. Still. <laughs> Never enough. It's just like when people get raises at work and then they like, you just move up to the next elaborate thing or you start spending more money on something new and then you're just as broke or as you were before. Or more so. But yeah, it's never enough. Yeah, but that's not. Yeah, probably the the biggest issue that I have is there's just not enough time. You know, I need to start cloning myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's the only solution. So I you guess. you closed your tattoo shop then? Um, I'm still doing tattoos privately, but I'm not tattooing the general public per se. I mean, like obviously over the years I have plenty of clients that are not interested in going somewhere else. Yeah. You know? So I mean, there's a lot of people that I'll continue to tattoo. There's obviously a lot of people in a lot of projects that uh. 
you know, our lifelong projects that I may not ever finish. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just obviously, you know how that kind of stuff is. Like it's an evolving thing. You know what I mean? Like you know, so there's obviously a lot of you know clients that I'll continue to tattoo. You know, until I can't. You know, but to my main focus, I would like to start putting into into bikes. Really, I mean, I've obviously rode bikes pretty much my whole life. You know, I've been interested in BMX. You know, as long as I can remember, but. I would love to really, really, you know, do a lot more outreach and stuff. You know, I did the Stay Rad project and everything like that for our local kids. I'd really like to, you know, like I said, expand the reach a little bit and really, really try to do something awesome for our scene. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with Dustin Grice and the factory and all that, you know. Mm -hmm. It's 24-hour BMX park, dude, is where it's at. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, like I said, as far as not having enough hours in the day, it's not the lack of energy, that's for sure, because, like, at the end of the day, when all of the tasks are done, I would love to be able to go out and go ride it, you know, and where we live, I mean, the weather, you know, is pretty much the biggest factor, you know, and then also, I mean, you know how it is if you're out riding the street anywhere, you know, you're getting hassled or you got to worry about where you're at or, you know, where it's safe to ride. So, I mean, like having a spot and then not having to worry about what time they close would be the ideal, you know, yeah. so I mean, like that would, you know, that would be like the next, you know, the next thing that I would like to really, really pursue. Yeah, so that's actually what you hit me up about. I'm trying to get there slowly. You know, if we're going to run out of stuff to talk about quick, which may or may not actually be a problem. I know you actually had some stuff you needed to do tonight as well. Um, yeah. Or at least early tomorrow or something like that. But uh, what is Stay Rad and what is Stay Inspired? Because they're two separate things from my understanding. Yes, um, I would call Stay Rad kind of a, an evolution of Stay Inspired. Stay Inspired uh, has been something that actually started between me and my mom ever since I was a kid, you know, because that's the biggest thing. Like, you know, I, you can find inspiration in just about anything. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, not just art, but photography and film and, and just about anything that you can do and be creative in. So, like, the biggest thing is, is, I mean, like, it's one thing to be inspired or to get inspired, but it's, you know, stay inspired is, like, where it's at. You know, I've been pushing that, you know, as long as I can remember. So, I've always wanted to do clothes. I like, you know, it's, it's tattoos and all that is all graphic design for the skin, you know, like I said, it all pretty much, you know, coexists pretty well. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've always wanted to, you know, take designs and put them on clothes or skin or all this stuff. So, stay inspired, you know, like, really just with one way to, you know, like I said, kind of take this and just, you know, pursue something else, you know, and just, you know, kind of make a brain out of something that I've, you know, considered my constant state of mind, you know, my whole life. And then... When did you start that? Well, maybe like 2013. I don't know. What years? 2019. It's hard to keep track, you know, you know, just <laughs> one together, you know. Um... As far as, I don't know when I could pinpoint an actual starting point of it. I mean, like, that I considered it a brand, you know, yeah. like I said, because for the most part, I mean, Stay Inspired was always just, I mean, like, that's just something that I try to ensue on everybody, you know what I mean? To try to inspire anybody to just see things differently, you know what I mean? And just, yeah. you know, keep an open mind, really. Um, so then, in doing Stay Inspired and kind of promoting it around a little bit, you know, and, uh, involving that I guess in you know BMX and riding and stuff well I met a good group of kids and uh, they were pretty new to BMX I mean they were still on Walmart bikes and things at that point um, <clears throat> and they had actually you know just kind of followed me and a friend of mine around I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Ian Carafa shout out to Lepi uh, I've heard that name before he has a lot there, going on too um, I've got a couple things to say on that one I suck with names and I apologize 
to everyone I've ever met that I don't remember your name, probably don't take it personal. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, it's just our brains, man. Because um, I do tattoos, obviously, so you can imagine, like, the slew of people that are <clears throat> in and out, excuse me, that, you know, I mean, I have people come in, and, you know, just part of the conversation when they come in, you know, have you been here? Do you have any other tattoos? I mean, nine times out of ten, I'm asking somebody if they have any other tattoos, and they're like, we've done three of mine. You know, like, and it's nothing personal, you know, it's just like... Well, it's also, it's just typical questionnaire habits as well, and you're like... Right, you get into okay. that protocol, and I mean, like I said, you're just, you know, I'm getting my things ready, you know, it just, that's just kind of a way to just kind of, you know, start the conversation a little well, bit, you know. And you probably get, more often than not, people coming in for pass-throughs, where... They're coming in, they're getting one tattoo, and they're never stopping by your shop again. Right. So there's no benefit to you learning their name or remembering their name or trying to even care who they are or what they look like. So it's like you can relate that directly to going to a skate park where Absolutely. you show up at a skate park and you don't know if half these people are from the local area. If they're out of town, you might be from out of town and never expect to go back to right. wherever the heckville you went to. Um, so, you know, you're you're doing like the courtesy of like, oh, hey, I'm Andy. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, nice to meet you. Never talking to you again. Right. Yeah, and plus, like, if you could even understand, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things going on in my head. It's like a nonstop explosion. So, I mean, like, if you're not a regular per se, you know, and two, I'll actually recognize people before, you know, like with their tattoo before their face, you know what I mean? Like if you show me the tattoo I did on you, I'll probably remember you right away, you know, but like if you look me in the eye and say, I've been here, you know. I, you know what? We could probably go right back to the bike riding side of that too. Like you're talking to someone, you're like, wait, did you have a blue bike with pink tires? Yep. Okay, yep, I know yeah, who right. you are. And you're Somebody like at that ledge spot, man, that's right. Like, why is this the relevant information and we can't remember names? <laughs> it's a visual thing, I think. Yeah. Something like that. But I know on a personal level I'm really good with numbers. Like I can remember numbers like nobody's business. It depends on what the number is. But I'm good with things that are not names. Man, like if it's math, you know, like trying to figure out math in my head, I might as well just because <laughs> it's, it's tough man I just start drawing blanks you know like my brain just doesn't work that way but like I could spit off my you know my social or my driver's license number or my phone number whenever I was 12 living in Brookville yeah. <laughs> you know like for some reason I you know what I mean like it's just you know yeah, I don't know what it is brains are a mysterious thing <laughs> mine comes in from like work just working as an engineer someone will ask a question and part numbers just items quantities yeah a calculated value and it'll be like six months later like what was that and here it is and they're like why do you know that i'm like i don't know where have you been still i wish i didn't (laughs) i wish i had some that guy's name that i met yesterday there instead but i remember the number from six months ago okay yeah, it'd be nice to have some more control over what you could retain and what you didn't. <laughs> you know, because there's a you lot of... You just have a delete key? <laughs> right. Yeah. Delete some files, man. <laughs> it's scary. It'll be that soon. Listen yeah, I hope not. Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. Listen yeah. to that once or twice. <laughs> you know, like... 
I've been told I need to listen to that, and I haven't uh, done it. I mean, I won't give anything away, but I mean, like, the the big conversation is that it's not unrealistic. I mean, because technology at no point is slowing down. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody's, I know that there's a big caution of AI in it. So but nobody's pumping the brakes. <laughs> I mean, nobody. You know, I mean, everybody wants Alexa, and everybody wants this, you know. You know, I mean, the Alexa thing is, you know, enough to just make me a little bit weird. Because there's no way that somebody isn't able to listen to that thing the other way. <laughs> you know? It's already happening. It's, it's not even if they're able to. How many times have you you've been talking about something, and then when you open your <laughs> Facebook, there's ads for it? Exactly. And that's known. It's a, it is a thing that they're doing. When you hit OK to use their app, you're allowing access to the microphone. Right, because who reads that big thing? You know, nobody. I accept a term. It's like the biggest lie in the universe. And <laughs> even if you didn't like that term, are you gonna not use Facebook because of it? In today's world? So I said, nobody's turning back. You know, I mean, you know what it'll end up, you know, happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, everybody's just too far into it. It's too deep now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no turning back. Well, there's like a funny comic uh, that I've seen a couple times. Now it's laid out like a meme, but I think it was just a comic was, don't say that they might wiretap us or something in, in the 50s. And then current day hey wiretap what's a good recipe for pancakes <laughs> oh as scary as it is that's what it is too I mean, you're literally like hey i want that and, you know listening all the time you know i mean people are excited about it they want it you know yeah not me i i don't really care for but, any of the smart stuff but then again like look at how much technology i have plugged in right here I mean, it's hard. To and I, it's it. not like I'm shutting the computer down at night. Right. The door's closed, but. <laughs> Always, man. I, I don't care. I had an instructor when I was at the Art Institute. I went to uh, the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for a couple of years for graphic design. And I had uh, an instructor there. And I mean, he was like techno paranoid. Um, the school issues the instructors their laptops. And he had the like the microphone taped up, you know, the webcam taped over, you know. He's like, I don't know, it sounds a little fishy. They give you a free laptop, you know, like he thought they were listening to him, making sure he was doing what he was supposed to, you know, like I know a bunch of people that tape over their webcams still. (laughs) And I'm like But but you've got an iPhone in your pocket (laughs) and you're using Instagram and you're using Facebook and you're Snapchatting Everywhere you are, every day, anyway. Yeah. yeah you're, why do you, you even turn care? Turn on your Facebook location. I mean, like, what? Why do you care if they're looking at you while you're sitting at your desk? That's hardly <laughs> the worst thing you do all day. Right. Yeah. These people are crazy, though, and I mean, then you get someone's used laptop. I had one at work. I got a hand-me-down laptop. That had all the adhesive from the electrical tape all over the camera. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys couldn't even clean that off before you gave it to me? You're just going to leave yeah. it on there? A little bit of rubbing alcohol and took that right off. Yeah, I mean, it was super <laughs> easy. Even. But it's just, why? Uh, it's just, yeah, it's refreshing, I guess, at least there's people out there that are still a little bit conscious. You know, they're not fully into it. You know what I mean? Like, my dad. You know, my dad would rather be totally off the grid. You know, he doesn't, you know, like... That he would prefer it that way, you know, I think that things are better that way. And I mean, like, mm-hmm. I can agree to that to a certain extent. I mean, obviously, you know, how intertwined everything we do is, you know, with social media. It is nice to unplug it, you know, and not have it, you know. 
I like when my phone dies sometimes, you know, and it just I don't have to worry about it. But at the same time, I'm stuck because I love, you know, these photography and film, you know, I got to have a camera, I got to have, you know, all of these things. Well, so like, yeah, now it's so convenient. Do you want to carry a camera around with you or do you want to? That isn't even a phone to me. That's a camera that just gets called yeah. sometimes, <laughs> you know, like for the most part. I mean, like at, at the current state of the technology, for sure. It's too intertwined, you know, and that's like people say about these big phones. I mean, like, that's not a big phone. It's a small computer. You know what I mean? Like, I can have, I could literally do all my editing, my, my film. I mean, a lot of this stuff I can do right here. You know, I have a high movie right on my phone. I mean, it's outrageous, you know, that like, I mean, growing up, I mean, like, whenever I was first, I mean, this is funny, like, um, Time Bomb Films is actually what got me into doing all of this. Like, shout out to my brother. If he was like, if it wasn't for my brother, I wouldn't have, you know, probably known about the metal militia and tattoos and all these things. Um, but Time Bomb Films, he rode motocross and did freestyle motocross and stuff, and I loved to film and stuff like that. So, like, at that time, we were still filming on a camera that had a VHS tape in it and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, to cut that and to make that into film and add music and stuff, I had, like, two VCRs stacked, you know, ran together with the RCA jacks, and then I had a PlayStation 1, just the audio ran yeah. from it for the CD you know, to play the music into this, and I'm recording it onto the clean tape, you know, and then to think I can literally. Oh, and then it's, my... it's timed wrong, and you got to start it back over. Oh, it was it four you know, times. You got to like hit record on the VCR and hit play down here, hit play on the music, and like I had to like make a CD and have it timed to like where the sections would be. I mean, like it's it's mind-boggling to know that I, you know, that's how you had to do it. That well, was then, the only way. When you start putting in like title overlays and stuff <laughs> on the VCR, you know you're in it. That wasn't even a thing. I mean, like, I don't even think I would have... How would you even do that? You can use the... You can definitely use, like, how it would say, um, tracking. Oh, right, whatnot. right. So you can come in and you can change... You can put custom text in there. I don't remember <laughs> how it's done. I know I love that that a buddy was that was really good at it, and they edited, I don't know, probably upwards of 10 videos for the skate park that way. That's awesome, though, man. Do and, it by all means. I mean, he got real good at it. Oh, I was like, real good at it. You know, you figure you'd take, like, the cardboard sleeve for the VHS, you know, I would, you know print out a bunch of photos that we shot, you know, and, you know, mask, they're not masking clear tape them all together, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, fill it in, draw in the logo up to the labels and shit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it was cool, you know, like, obviously, like I said, you do it by any means, man, you know, like, and now, like I said, you have it, all of that in your pocket, you know, the music, the computer, the, I mean, everything, it's right there. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, there's no way to get away from it now, you know, like I said, it's just too in tune to, you know, make everything so easy. Yeah, they got you by the balls, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Exactly. I mean, you could carry a camera around with you, but even, I guess it's because no one waits for anything these days, but if you had to take the time to set up your camera, you've probably already missed whatever was going to go on. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They made it, I mean, like, when a natural disaster or a tragedy happens, nobody says, you know, are you okay? They pull out Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I get the dude getting assaulted, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the world we live in. You know, um, let's live feed that. You know, if we're getting arrested, let's Facebook live this real quick. We're getting pulled over, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, it's outrageous. I mean, to some degree, it's like for their own protection when you start thinking about the getting pulled over thing. It's, yeah, it's just weird. But. I don't ever think of, you know. No, it's not my first thought because all you're going to do is 
make someone standoffish if the well, first thing you're doing is pointing a camera you're at them. You're initiating an odd interaction, you know what I mean, by assuming that they're going to do something that they shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, you know how that mm-hmm. would be if, you know what I mean, you walked into somebody and never met them, they're like, you know, I mean, like, it would totally, you know, I mean, it would rub you the wrong way, and it would change the whole demeanor of the conversation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And all these kids are like, you know, oh, this, you know, you shouldn't be arresting me. Well, you shouldn't have, you know, I refuse to give you my license, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just abide and move on. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not that hard, <laughs> you know, people just make a big Stop doing sketchy you. stuff. You know, that's the thing, you know, everybody just, you know, thinks they're entitled, I guess. Uh, well, there are instances where... People do nothing, and bad stuff happens. But, I don't know. I could, like, go back and forth on any feelings for that, because not really a cop fan. But I understand <laughs> times that it's necessary. And the double standard is when you're super bitter about getting pulled over yourself, but then someone drives past you going a little bit fast on the highway and you're like, where's the cop now? Right. You're like, well, do you want the cop around at all? Or right. do you just want Playing everyone else to get pulled over? Right. Not you're only you. upset about the situation whenever it's affecting you directly. You know, you're fine if it's everybody else getting yeah. pulled over. Well, it, it's just a double standard. And like, I think most people probably have that one. It's hard not. I mean, like, Human well, and it, you especially have it if you've been pulled over recently. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at every single person doing one thing wrong. Oh, he didn't use his blinker. Drove past me. He must be going at least 75. And you're like, oh, I man. I the last time even I got pulled over, it was for my, like, my truck has a third brake light on the cab. And he said it was out. And, like, that's not even really something that, like, they, I mean, I guess they can pull you over for anything. But, I mean, like, that's not even a light that legally technically has to be working. You know, mm-hmm. so, like, that's, like... You know, you must be really bored, man, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. You well, know, but, but, but it's all, do? it's just a reason to stop and check you. Well, that's... And that, I mean, that's that. how they do get a lot of, like, drug busts and stuff is, you know, yeah, the person was abiding by every law. They just weren't aware that they had a brake light out. So right. you check them and you're like, oh, is that methamphetamines we smell in here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. I'm telling you, but yeah, even that cop said that, I mean, like, it was like a Saturday night, you know, and he just, you know, might as well check, I mean, because nine times out of ten, you know, they're drinking, or they got something mm-hmm. on them, you know, so like, yeah. I, I had a good in. one when I was still living up at my parents' house in New York. I was coming back from riding, and I think it was like 11, it was anywhere from 11 to 1. I don't remember what time it was at this point. But it's late enough and, and dark enough, and I got my bike on the back, and they pulled me over for my uh, license plate light being out. And they're like, where are you coming from? I'm like, the shopping plaza. They're like, what are, you, what are you doing? I'm like, riding my bike. And they're like, in the dark? And I'm like, well, the light's turned off at whatever time. And they're like, you don't have anything better to be doing? I'm like, well, I guess I could be fixing a license plate light, but otherwise, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you haven't been drinking? I'm like, no, I was riding my bike. And he's like, yeah, we'd smell it on you anyway. He's like, I just got to check, let you know your light's out. As long as you're clear, we'll let you go. So, uh, no ticket or anything, but it was like, 
I mean, for the most part, I mean, like, you interact with cops, it's not a, you know, I don't even get worried. Like, if I get pulled over, I mean, for the most part, I know my shit's legal. I'm not mm -hmm. worried about anything, you know. So, like, for the most part, the only time that I ever, you know, have to worry about cops is when you're out riding and stuff. And even then, I mean, you know, you show somebody respect, nine times out of ten, like, there's not going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one thing that, like, with the whole stay rad thing and all this stuff, like, obviously, you know, I would prefer to ride street than anything. You know, I get that. I mean, like... <clears throat> I'm not really someone that would prefer to, you know, I mean, ride ramps as far as do as a ledge, you know, like, mm -hmm. so, like, you got to be respectful at the same time, you know, like, if someone comes out and says, hey, you know, this is my property, leave, you know, like, I've seen so many kids, like, blow up, you know, and, like, throw a fit and, like, cause a scene. It's like, just leave and come back later. Don't blow the spot up for everyone. That's what I don't understand is, like, you know, what's the mentality that, I mean, like, someone, like, you obviously know you're in the wrong situation anyway, you know what I mean? Like, you're not supposed to be there and you're definitely not supposed to be, you know. Yeah, the one that, that's problem. annoying is the, like, Good Samaritan. So it, when it's just some random person walking by, like, hey, you kids shouldn't be here. And like, right, that's not the who are you? That. Get out of here. Go home. Mind your own business. I was um, actually just out shooting photos. Um, this was maybe a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago or so. And just like that, I was just, I mean, I live out in like the sticks. So like I was taking a picture of this old barn that's like dilapidated and fallen over. You know, and I parked in the you know, middle of the road and I got out and I shot a couple of photos. And I actually noticed somebody coming up to me and approached me and asked me what I was doing and it turned out that it was actually the owner of the property explained to him what I was doing had no problem with it well I decided I was done so I went and turned my truck around well then I I was like well I'm gonna show we get out and shoot one more like because I turned around and seen it from the other angle and this dude comes flying up at me screaming asking me what I'm doing asking me why I'm there I thought I was stealing wood off the barn yeah like all this shit tell me he's gonna tell the owner of the I'm like it's <laughs> like I mean I didn't even like have to even say it. I was like, dude, you know, like that is the wrong way to go about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, holy shit! First of all, I already talked to that guy. <laughs> you know, he's totally fine with it. And then he sped past me and went up, and you know, I guess he, you know, confirmed my story. But like, it's just that initial, you know, what caused the people just out of the gate? You know, mm -hmm. let's just be an asshole. <laughs> you know, it just it doesn't help yeah. anybody in the situation. He didn't get his information. Yeah, you know, like, he could have just talked to me. You know, but yeah, well. The the one kind of funny thing about the like good Samaritan guy is that they're also very gullible. So you can just be like, We're working on a movie. We have permits and they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And occasionally they're like, Oh, well, let me see it. I'm like, That's none of your business. Well, no, you're not you the, to carry it you're not the property owner. Yeah. Like like we've we're working within our our rights here. You can move on and stop interrupting our shoot. Yeah, I mean, I don't think <clears throat> then, I get bothered too much, but... I've had that one work a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. But... My favorite one was, was that one back up in New York, and it was like, oh, we're, we're professionals working on a movie to... <laughs> To promote the local area, and they're like, "Oh, okay, how bad at that? We thought you were just some random kids jumping off stuff." Nice. Yeah, I, mm, I mean, debatably, yeah, but no, <laughs> totally not. <laughs> yeah, you look professional. Yeah, I like the guys that just don't have any idea what we're doing. <laughs> like, just have no clue. You know, like, you know, can't have you guys bouncing off the walls or anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I just see you falling all over the ground, man. <laughs> what is going on over there? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's awesome. Just the perception of it from so many different sides, you know, like it's it's pretty good. You know, like I don't 
I don't mind the, you know, like I said, just the, you know, the little bit of problem that you have to deal with it. And like I said, you know, for the most part, I mean, it's not so bad. I mean, obviously, you get closer to the city, you know, you're going to deal with that. But I live in a small town. Yes and no. You almost probably have it worse in a small town. Um, the only thing I think I remember, like, being hassled about, like, in Catanning and stuff like that is that, like, they're, like, really serious about not riding on the sidewalk. You know, for some reason, like, I guess they'd rather be right on the road, mm-hmm. you know, along traffic and shit. Well, and you're like, you know, do you have bike lanes? No, fine, no. Exactly. You know, nothing like that. They just have a big plaza. Well, and if you go right on the road, then they're like, oh, where's your reflectors? And you're like, look, dude, I'm riding a BMX bike. I can't keep up with the pace of traffic, and I don't have reflectors. That's why I'm on the sidewalk. Right. I don't even have brakes. <laughs> like, I shouldn't be on the road. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> You know, there's been plenty of instances. You're like, I'm reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. Yeah. That's when it's the most fun. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I haven't got, like, really wrecked in a long time, though. It's been a while. Yeah. Got one coming, I think. <laughs> uh, I had one at the wheel mill not long ago. Oh, yeah? I guess that's why, because it's been the weather, and I haven't really been, you know, like I said, like, the park... You know, for me, I mean, that's a pretty good distance. You know, if I have anything else going on that day, pretty much cut out a trip to the wheel mill, you know. So, like, I don't get to ride as much. You know, I tried to tough it out a couple mm-hmm. of days where it was, like, bitter cold, man, like, blister cold and, like, that <clears throat> high-speed wind, man, out there trying to ride. And it's just not possible. <laughs> you know, it's just tough. <clears throat> yeah, this this area, you know, like, even in the summer, you know, like I said, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's never guaranteed. I mean, like, it's wet, you know. I mean, you got to have somewhere to ride. Yeah, uh, mine at the wheel mill, I, you know, the second straight of the pump track, I nose cased the step up part, and I was only manualing it, but I like kind of just anti-pumped the top of that first little roller, nose case the step up, nose wheelie across the flat, down through the step down, and just get launched, and my body didn't hit the ground until the second burn. <laughs> So from nose casing that step up to landing in the second berm is, I don't know, 30, 40 feet before I got whipped into the ground. That pump track, man, that thing's wicked. And it was a fast lap up to that point. Then it was a really slow lap. <laughs> yeah, I do that to myself, too. I go to that uh, pump track to warm up. And then, like, I mean, even if you don't walk around in that place, I mean, that pump track will really, really, really wear you out. You mm-hmm. know, like, it's easy to do I actually ended up getting a CT scan after that because of, the, like, just the way that my internals felt after hitting the ground and, like, they said nothing was wrong. It took me quite a while to want to move or ride again, <laughs> like, a week or two. Uh, huge bruise on my side. Not and the then it used to be, is it? <laughs> yeah, I used to be able to wipe out like. Crazy. I mean, I still bounce. That's I got a little bit of padding for bouncing. <laughs> it's tough though, like <clears throat> you know, like, that's the thing. You go out and ride, you know, and you do end up wiping out. And you do have a rough day, man. Like it does put you down. Like I mean, I used to be able to just keep going, but man, sometimes you do got to take like even two or three days off, man. Like I get really sore, mm-hmm. you know, in your knees and stuff too. Like I actually have Lyme disease. You know, so, like, I don't know, I mean, that probably plays a part into it, but, like, this, you know, this temperature and this weather and all this stuff, and then ride on top of it, like... You just get worn out real fast. Yeah, gotta do a lot of stretching. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's honestly probably 
so much more beneficial though. I mean, like I say, if I didn't ride or something, you know, I mean, I'd probably feel ten times worse. You know, if you didn't yeah, have something you'd to stiffen keep right you, up, right? If you didn't have something to constantly keep you active like that, I mean, like, cause even, yeah, I even said about like an exercise bike would be excellent. Yeah, you know, I mean, just like you know, for whatever the weather's terrible, you know, mm -hmm. just get on that thing and just put on a couple miles. Have you ever seen the rollers you can get? Like for your back? No, no, no. Uh, oh, for your They're bike. race training. But yeah, yeah I see Behringer playing on those things yeah. all the time, man. Like, I don't even know if I could stay on one of those things. <laughs> uh, they take a little bit of practice, yeah. I guess, but. Yeah, like, that really, because, I mean, you only get one roller in the front tire. Yeah, yeah like, I feel like. But then you got some fun that you can have, you know? <laughs> oh, he cranks on them things. It's outrageous, you know, that how you know, dialed he is just riding on a roller like that. But that I think your awesome side to side is how you stay up on those, basically, because. There's no, there's no real momentum. Right. It's like relative motion, but yeah, your side to side is your, your weave and your balance there. Yeah, it's awfully confusing. Yeah, like I've never even, I don't think I've ever even been in front of one. Yeah, I've never, see, I've seen them. I've never played with them. You see these things? They're making these manual machine things. These, it's like a fixed thing that you can put your bike in, and it, you can do the lean back and you can get the, the feeling for pumping and manually mm. and it's really wild how it, it fixes in your back wheel and obviously um, I think what they do is there's like a string or something like that that you can tie onto your around your wheel to limit how high you come up you know and then it's just you know getting that muscle memory uh, and that balance point yeah it's really interesting yeah, you know if you think about you know like the off season yeah anything like that because I was just talking to this um, kid the other day about it's, this. It's always different when you're actually moving. Oh, it's 100% different. So it's like, how much is it? I'm sure it's helping a little bit, but is it really helping you? I can't I manual know. at all. Can you manual? Yeah. I mean, like, I cannot hop into a manual and, and I can't keep it up. You're probably <laughs> looking down. Yeah. Um, probably. You can't yeah. look down. You gotta look out about 30 to 40 feet. That's really strange how much that, and like, because you're right. I mean, like, I try to pinpoint my back tire. You know, yeah, and, never and, never look down. You'll always, like, roll your shoulders forward and drop your front end. That's it. I mean, like, I can do, like, I have to do, like, 100 miles an hour. Or you'll come up too high <laughs> and loop right out. That's the other thing. Obviously, looping out is worst-case scenario. And you know, so, like, I can manual some short stuff, but, like, I guess that's probably my problem because, like, I've never actually sat down and talked to somebody about, you know, your your perspective of it, you know, because everybody else, you know, it's the balance point, you know, and like nobody ever talks. Yeah, but about if no one looks at you, looks at your face and sees that you're looking down, they can't right. help you. That's true. Yeah, I lived in California and all kinds of stuff, man. Like, and I didn't learn nearly as much as I should have. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of an odd thing. Everyone wants to look down on that, and then especially for nose manuals and hang fives and stuff, they want to look straight down at their front tire, and it's like. Your stability is nowhere then. Right. If you're looking out, you're like a little bit more normalized in your posture and everything. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, as far as just, yeah, even just how much that changes you, like you said, your weight distribution changes, you know, even just by, you know, straightening up your shoulders and stuff, mm -hmm. you know, that would probably make a huge difference. Yeah, and like, <clears throat> it goes right back to the weather. It makes it so hard to like maintain progression, you know, like, said your your riding sessions are so few and far in between you know like you start to get comfortable with something and then it might be two weeks before you ride again mm -hmm. you know like it makes it so tough you know it really does and like i said i lived in california for two years you know like really got to experience i lived it i don't know if you know who ben snowden is um mm -hmm. 
he's a ramp guy from I think a generation before us. <clears throat> but uh, I lived at his ramp house out in Santa Ana, California, you know, like I got to be around, you know, Mike Hucker and, you know, Bazanzan and all these guys, you know, and just, yeah, that's like <clears throat> the best part about it, obviously. It's a consistent weather. There are 30 spots on the way to the spot, <laughs> you know, like, you know. And people amazing. live in groups of people so that you're not working 80 hours a week just to cover your rent out there because right. rent's ridiculous out there cool i mean like for like an efficiency i mean like maybe two rooms like this and another one like and part of that's your kitchen and your bathroom like 1200 1500 sometimes two thousand dollars a month like the way you do it is you go to like office max or and you buy the cubicle walls and you just delegate space you know, and everybody splits the rent i mean like you wouldn't believe how many like bmx houses are out there because of that you mm-hmm. know like but that's awesome though. I mean, like it really is. I mean, there's there's certainly no lack of scene out there whatsoever. You know, like it's really really awesome that you know there's enough people that yeah. You because know, out here you don't get that. I don't feel like you know I really don't. You might get three four guys in one place, but yeah, not like the eight to twelve person house. <laughs> that you... Oh, Ben's was pure madness, man. I mean, like it was pure madness. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love California. And there's yeah probably no. Nobody that can understand how you live there and then still move back, you know. But in all honesty, like the privacy, like you know, I mean, I lived out there and a lot going on. I mean, there's no lack, like I said, of things going on all the time, you know. And even being around people I idolize and grew up watching, I'd still rather be here, you know. California is a nice place to visit, a lot of cool dudes out there. I mean, like it's only a nine hour flight or so. I mean, one layover, man, you can be there. It's nice place to yeah. be but like i honestly enjoy life a lot better you know having the peace and quiet you know living out in the middle of nowhere you know and you know, having access to the woods and things you know like in california you just yeah it's a totally different world man you know i mean like i said yeah there's yeah yeah benefits well, of both and like out there if you want to see snow like you just go up to the mountain which is like, like an hour and a half drive well so. you can go snow, like skiing all year round it, or whatever to some degree yeah but is. you drive up to the mountain and you're like i don't know man it's just weird I, like i don't love the seasons but i don't hate the seasons um no i mean i don't <clears throat> i curse it I do. I mean, like, but it's the temperature, man. It's not anything but the, just the bitter temperature that makes it hard mm-hmm. to be out in it. Because it's not really the snow. I like, you know, looking at it and even being out in it can be fun. Yeah. But, no, yeah, the temperature is what kills me. Yeah, like I said, it just makes it impossible to be out. Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's a no-go for me. I mean, like, I'd rather be outside than anywhere, obviously. Yeah, like, I get, you know, stir-crazy being cooped up. I think I just drank a piece of plastic. <laughs> you might have. I think we're all drinking plastic. Yeah, it's part of us. Again, same comment I made earlier before we were recording this. Uh, probably hardly the worst thing we've yeah definitely consumed not. in the the entire day, and at least we're aware of it. The fast food I ate just the other day was probably worse than that plastic. <laughs> it probably was partially plastic. Yeah. Fast food I ate. Right before you guys got here. <laughs> Did you ever see that where they like let a burger decompose and it just like doesn't? It's like not even real food. It just Nah, I, I haven't. <laughs> Look at that, like the time lapse of like a Big Mac <laughs> decomposing, man. Like it just doesn't. No, dude, it's like more percent of something else. It's not food. 
Yeah, but I still. So eat. it's all preservatives. Yeah, that's probably why. Well, that's a. So you had texted me a little bit ago that you were gonna be here by eight or like right on time with eight. I left here at seven forty-two. <laughs> what to go get food? Yeah, I or hadn't eaten anything all day long. Nice. I and then too. I'm like, I probably have time, so I went over to Sheets. Ordered my food, brought it back here, and I was back seven fifty-five. I'm like, it is actually impressive how fast yeah, right. that was. That's insane that you got it that quick. Oh, there was no one else there. That's kind of the key. Even that's impressive. That that's very impressive. Monroeville sheets and zero people in it oh, <laughs> at eight o'clock at night. Like, what's going on? I mean, just about any time. Yeah, sheets is popping all the time. I mean, now they sell booze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so now it's all over. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's yeah, why. That's yeah. its own annoying thing, though. Like, well, does anybody need any more encouragement? Yeah, you know, they're like, hey, let's get that and let's go on a cruise. You yeah, know, like they're selling the alcohol slushies and that's <laughs> fine, but it's so bizarre the way Pennsylvania laws are written for that that they can only sell it in a restaurant, but you can have a restaurant and a gas station. <laughs> But it has to be rang out on separate registers, and you're like, okay, the loophole's already been exploited. Like, can you just get rid of it? Right. I mean, just, it's so obvious. Just every other state allows you to sell alcohol at the gas station. Why don't you just sell alcohol at the gas station? What I want to know, do they really classify sheets as a restaurant? Yeah. Do they it, really? ha- it has seating. Oh. So that that's why, like, all these other oh, gas stations ours now. Has, ours has seating. Oh, that's what they've been renovating them all so they can sell beer. But that's why all these other gas stations are, like, coming up with some, with setting up their little food court and actually yeah. putting seating in. Never even thought about that. that like, because <clears throat> that did happen just out of nowhere. Like, you know, what changed that now all of a sudden... Well, a lot of the sheets already <laughs> had seating areas. Well, right, probably in the bigger areas, right? But, like, that, that hasn't been a thing for very long. I don't mm-hmm. think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting, man, because, like, that's, you know, I mean, like, I honestly don't even drink. Like, I don't even I, remember the last time I had the desire to, like, even drink any kind of alcohol. It's just, like, not my thing. I don't drink either, but I, like, have to say this now because on the one episode, I had a beer in my fridge for nine months or so. <laughs> one <laughs> beer. And I just kept looking at it like, I don't really want to drink you. And then the one dude came on the show, he's like, hey, do you care if I drink a beer while while we're doing this? I'm like, no. And it's a perfect reason for me to get rid of this. I'll just down it too. Wow. So I yeah. finally drank it on that episode. But then I like, yeah, I don't even drink. I'm like, me either. Except everyone's no. watched me drink a beer. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I have booze in my refrigerator, man. Like, but that's where it sits, and like, it's for looks. Like, I mean, it literally does nothing but get moved to the side. And... If I've got like people crashing here or something, when they stop and grab six packs, I'll like grab one. Oh yeah, right. And then I might have have one drink with them. Sometimes I don't even like. I'll buy the six pack and just leave it in the fridge <laughs> and just drink water instead. But. It, that six pack will last me well over a year. That's how I, I just can't get into it. I mean, like, I drink one and, like, it, like, faintly starts to give me a headache. I'm done. 
<laughs> and just like yeah. my body doesn't like it, you know, like it never has, you know, it's never my thing, you know, like just could not get into it, you know. Plus, like obviously, like ninety percent of what I do requires some coordination, some focus, you know. So like anything that alters that really bothers me because like I'm so used to, I mean, like I stare at a needlepoint, you know, I mean for hours. So like I, I really like to be able to focus and be in tune and be you know coordinated yeah. and things, you know. The only thing that might help you is Adderall. Yeah, right, there you go. Yeah, that's Then <laughs> you can just be really focused on that needle point all day. <clears throat> then we go back to that need more time thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that would only, you know... Only yeah, well, then so you'd much. be looking at every imperfection. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be spending way too much time <laughs> on things that didn't, you know... Didn't, inst- you know. Instead of dragging a line, you'd be like <laughs> poking individual points along the line. Yeah, get really good at pointillism. <laughs> Down at the Thomas Hobbes. That's probably what he does. I mean, because it's like thought work. I mean, like, I mean, I, just to be able to minutely just, I mean, like, by hand, even tattooing mm-hmm. by hand. Could you imagine? I mean, like, people always say about, like, being on the receiving end of that, but nobody thinks about the tattoo artist that's doing it by hand. I mean, to to think about, like, Japanese, mm-hmm. you know, and that culture would do bodysuits. I mean, that's a lot of time, you know. I think my wrist gets tired holding the machine, and you know? I couldn't imagine, you know, because, like, I, you know, <clears throat> research is quite a bit, you know, you can tell, I mean, like, they really have to stick that thing in there, you know? yeah. so, I mean, like, I can't imagine how tiring that would be, you know, to do even just one tattoo. I mean, I would look at it as even being similar to a massage therapist, yeah. like, when my wife wants her shoulder rubbed or something, my thumb hurts within two minutes, <laughs> so I'm like... How do people do this for a living where they just go at it for a half hour to an hour at a time and then call another person in right after and do it again? Like, there's a technique that I'm missing. Right, something about that, unless you just, you know. Unless you just let your hand die. And then you just <laughs> keep on pushing down. through it. Yeah. I don't know. They need a special hand massage afterwards. You know. <laughs> I think it on the topic of massage. Uh, tattooing I don't think I've ever gotten like an actual massage like a real like paid for massage that'd be interesting every time I think about a massage I go back to like the dumb and dumber scene where Mm -hmm. he's getting the massage and then they switch yeah (laughs) like that's how I would do it you know they're alright I wouldn't mind getting one (laughs) does it help though Uh, you don't know know. no I've had a couple Cause I don't um, want, I mean, like, obviously I'm hunched over, you know, for an extended period of time most of the time. So, like, that would probably be something if, obviously, like, you're going to the right person. Because that's another thing I've been told to also. Like, just like a chiropractor, if you go to the wrong one, you're ten times worse off than you were in the first place. Yeah. You know? So, what do you do? Do you just deal with it? Or do you, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much better you feel. The massage is interesting. I've never had deep tissue or anything like that. That, like. It's when they really get in there, but uh, I guess it can cause problems too. Ooh. Like certain uh, chiropractors will do like a fifteen-minute massage at the end. Oh yeah, and like sometimes they'll push something right back where it was before, and then you're just really jacked up. And yeah, I can imagine. You know, yeah, and you got to be uh, you know sure what the hell you're doing. But like any of those things, you kind of get stuck going. Figure like the chiropractor is a good example. You sit there hunched over all day long, so your body's new natural state is, is hunched <laughs> over. So if they correct you, 
and then you just go about your business, your body is going to go, eh. Yeah, right. So yeah. you need to go often enough to make that the new natural state. Right. So yeah, that's like depending sense. on your job and everything. It might be once a week. It might be twice a month. Or it might be three times a week if you're always hunched over. I'd probably get better at manuals. <laughs> I'd be Maybe. so hunched over. <laughs> yeah. Straighten up a little bit. Look ahead. Stand straight up and be like, <laughs> the people that look terrible when they manual. <laughs> I wish I could think of somebody that manuals like that. I had a friend, Dan. <laughs> Every time he would do it, we would call it a Daniel. <laughs> nice. How well did that work out? Uh, oh, that's awesome. Well, I mean, he couldn't really manual that well because he was standing straight upright holding the bars and, like, it was nearly vertical every time and just, like, a loop out like crazy and be running down a hill. And you're like, how are you not dead? I'd take them, though, even if I could get them like that. They're so unstable. I like <laughs> doing them occasionally like that just because they're funny. One time, or one thing I really need to get the hang of is doing some crank arm grinds. So like, I cannot, for some reason, get the, the feeling of sliding on that. I think you have to have been born in in the 2000s. <laughs> well, I might have unlocked <laughs> maybe, maybe, like, if you were born 95 and up, maybe... Maybe you can do crank arm grinds, but us old guys can't do them. Well, I might have unlocked, uh, at least I haven't put this, you know, theory to work yet um, in the streets. But, I mean, like, if you think about it, okay, I'm left foot forward, so I spin this way. Um, I thought about switching my feet around and doing opposite crank lines because that, to me, is more comfortable. I mean, because to me, to do a crank arm you're going into it your uncomfortable direction and like you're cockeyed and like I can't get my balance point right because I feel like I'm doing like an opposite 180 or something you know so like I really would I don't like think it's to, gonna help being switch footed you I mean like there was actually I can't even think of his name I'm having a blank um there's one rider that does that all the time you know he'll switch feet you know and do opposite crank arms you know and maybe that's what made me realize it I honestly would love to try it because, like I said, I, I in my head, visualize it, and I totally feel way more confident being sloped that way and you know, being able to come out of it rather than the other way. You know, like, crank arm is, like, one of the best-looking grinds other than, like, maybe a lucky. Love that <laughs> dip front end, man. <laughs> you know? But uh, that's one thing I really, really would like to get down is crank arm grind. And crank flips, too. I mean, that's another thing. It's just something that I cannot... <clears throat> you know, like I can't alleviate the weight of my. You should spin it back. I can't alleviate the weight of my front foot, and and get that around. Even as I as don't my, keep my foot on the pedal. What do you mean? Like you if this, so if this foot? is my pedal, instead of being like this, I ride like this when I'm doing crank flips. Oh yeah. And then it's just like roll your okay. foot off. Do you kick with your forward foot? I kick. I'd say it's both feet, but I do it like it's a kickflip on a skateboard. There's like, there's a lot of back pressure, but I apply the back pressure and slip the front foot off so that it like goes. But if you watch it, it looks like a straight no footer. Huh. I do mind goofy though. I, I they look sweet though. Yeah. I'm not good at the like curl the front foot and whip oh, it right, back. Right. Yeah, I mean you see the other way to get it. Yeah, I'm nice not good at that push. way. Yeah, that's overrated anyway. <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel like they're more consistent probably that way. Well, in my head, that's how I figured, like, okay, you hop, alleviate that weight, and then kick it, and then obviously wait for it to come around. Well, so... It doesn't work that way. In your case, you probably, you need to be, like, rolling your foot forward so that it's not as much weight on it as it is just a motion to throw it. Right. But... Because I feel like, like, whenever this... I'm not good at that way, so don't ask me. Whenever this crankful thing came about, I figured I'd be, you know, able to figure it out. I do a lot of backwards ETs, you know, because for some reason I started doing, like, nose press with an ET in there, and, like, I started doing the backwards, and now I literally cannot do an ET the other way. <laughs> like, I just can't. My legs <laughs> do not know how to go forward. You know, I have a bad bias for, for the weird. ET trick that I don't call it a trick. It doesn't exist to me. Oh, but it looks so good. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's subtle, you know. It's um, here's here's why I like have a a hatred for it. It's not really a hatred as much as I just don't acknowledge it. It's something that racers did so that they could land pedaling. It's not a trick. Kind of makes sense. It was a it was a technique that didn't work good. Yeah, and like a power band in there. There's like. The thing that defines trick to me is that there's some point in it that if you hit the ground, you can't ride away. That's a good way to look at it. And there's no point in an ET where you're not going to ride away. So, on that note, do you Unless you fall on one it. foot off a trick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if you like, I have, I won't name, but I know he's <laughs> like, you know, he lands and he slips fellas. Oh, yeah, I got it. You know. Uh, I know exactly <laughs> who you're talking about. I think he's on your team. <laughs> you know. And like, you know, no, you know, I mean, like, hey, you know, any. I, uh, I keep meaning to ask him if he wants to come on the show, but. He's cool. Yeah. I know he about. is. I just, I just know that that gets him a lot of hate. And. I know he knows better. Well, I know for a fact he knows better because he will sit there and tell someone that something didn't count. And then he'll post that clip and you're like, come on, dude. Like, you know better. Like I said, like, I mean, like, there's, there's some sort of thing he's doing, like a gimmick or something that I think he's playing on a little bit. <laughs> but at the same time, I, more than him, I blame this filmer for not saying, no, do it again. Well, anytime I film with him, you know, like, I'll give you a little bit of leeway. And I mean, because, like, I will give it to him. Like, that kid has progressed, I mean, faster than I've seen most kids. You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, the last actually trip that I went to the mill with him with, he's throwing 360s on the resi. I can't 360. I've been mm -hmm. riding for 20 years. Yeah, but he, you know? he just needs someone like, to push him a little just bit. Just needs some, like, you know, some etiquette a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, as I said, I mean, like, hey, if, you know, you're doing it, that's awesome, but why not do it right? You know, like, um, you know, we were riding this spot, you know, and saying that he was, like, trying these T-bogs, you know, and, like, I'll flat out tell you, nah, that's not at the bar. You know, like, yeah. and it, it progressed into, you know what I mean? Try it again, get a better grab, cut the bars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're doing somebody a favor by letting them know. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just pretending like it doesn't happen isn't helping anybody. <laughs> yeah. You cut the video early, and it's like, no, everyone saw your foot go to the ground. Dude. Where's Rodeo Peanut at? <laughs> we need, like, a, a Rodeo Peanut for uh, Yeah, but, see, the, that has its place in, like, the pro world, where everyone has some sort of standard. 
I just like when but, they, you know, I love But, like, they never ripped on just randoms because, you could. like, the kid that's progressing down the road, that could literally ruin BMX or It him. would. It would, you know, totally uh, discourage, you know, somebody. And that's the thing, too. Like, that's, you know, the total opposite, obviously, of what we're trying to do here. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, anybody that's even just trying it. You know I mean? If you're landing, you know, one foot off, man, like, I'll still high-fiving it for just going for it, you know, but, like... But but you're still gonna say, okay, now do it for real. Right. You know, try to get it... Now land it this time. Right. Yeah, because there's no point in doing something the wrong way. I, I mean, there's a difference between landing one foot it off and putting your foot down, too. Yep, absolutely. If you land and roll away sketchy and your foot never hit the ground, like... Don't take that in some instances, you know, <laughs> especially if it's something gnarly, you know what I mean? Like, I've landed, you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, I was actually just watching, did you watch the um, episode that they did about El Toro? No, well, they, I hate El Toro. Well, I mean, it has its place, you know, but like, they did this big write-up on the history of El Toro, you know, and they were talking about that, like, they're, I forget the one, I'm terrible with names, we just talked about this, over-iced it, but like, he landed... One hand blew off, you know, and hey, that counts. And he never even went back and tried it, you know, like, you know, good enough. Yeah, you know, something early, man. You know, just take it how you can. <laughs> My yeah. favorite El Toro clip is some skateboarder rolls up to it and just kicks their skateboard down it and then rolls down the stairs. <laughs> how did I not see that? <laughs> oh, man. The, the, he's got like a series of clips all in one little Instagram edit, and I don't remember <laughs> who this dude is. But it is my favorite El Toro clip. Speaking of El Toro clips, um, I'd like to maybe debunk something. It's funny because I live with Ben Snowden, and I never even asked him. But there, um, I'd have to have uh, Ian <clears throat> let me know exactly where this clip showed up and what video it was in. But there was a video, and we didn't know if it was faked or if it was real. But apparently, allegedly, Ben Snowden rode up the stairs of El Toro and tail whipped out. Now, I feel like if that really happened, I feel like there'd be more people that know about it. But, like, I feel like I they might have, like, uh, it's not CGI, but it was something, I, mean, I think somebody, like, fixed that footage. Because, like, he showed me the clip of it, you know, but, like, I never even thought about asking Ben about it whenever I lived out there. That whole entire time, I never even thought I, about it. I don't know. Um, but I really don't think he could ride up that stair set. <laughs> I, I've never seen that stair set, but from, from all accounts person, I've ever heard... Fun. It's real. not that tall. It's just it's like, mellow. It's, it's a long it's and low stairs. Long, right, like it's just a fucking. And then you know you got this upward embankment. Like mm-hmm. as soon as you land, the sidewalks are so angled. You know, like, no, that's actually an exaggeration from everything I've heard. What? It's not that bad. I mean, it's like nearly flat. Standing on it, I mean, like right, like obviously, like it's not a bank, you know, but like the sidewalk's definitely angled there. Like I mean, like I went there, I think it was like the first couple of weeks that we were out there, you know, like obviously that was one thing I just had to see, you know. And same thing, I mean, like it's obviously doable, you know, like yeah. it's just more or less, you know, having the balls to do it. But like yeah. you watch, like Stephen Hamilton, well, still does ride upstairs and like blast out of them. I understand that. Um, Even landing on stairs, rather than like Tobias Wick, has an old clip where he does a big stair set up to whip out. Really, like, and it's like he's a mini ramp rider. Ever try to ride upstairs? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I never even gave that a shot, man. It it works, but it's it has to be the right spacing. Like you have to, you have to be able to skip tips. Right. If if one if one tire. 
goes in the stair and the other's on the peak, it doesn't work. So the spacing has to be right. Yeah, like I watch all these guys and they have less and you know land on stairs and all kinds of stuff, man. Like going so fast, you know. How did anybody ever just you know give that a shot? <laughs> I mean, that's nuts. <clears throat> Why not? Yeah, send it. You know, what's, you know, what's the worst <laughs> that could happen? Wear a helmet. You'll be all right. Wear a helmet, kids. <laughs> Helmets are cool. They really are, man. Especially these new ProTech ones that are coming out. Like I just got <clears throat> a ProTech that covers the ears and everything. Yeah, the know? full like, cut. It's a little bit to get used to, you know. But for the most part, I mean, yeah, you kind of forget you're wearing it, you know, because it doesn't it doesn't boggle as much as a regular helmet, you know. Like mm-hmm. it fits pretty well. It's pretty sound. I've I'm not sure even who was talking about this or where or when at this point. I've been listening to a whole bunch of other podcasts, so it could have been on there. It could have been a discussion in real life. I don't even know anymore. Um, but there needs to be a, a sort of like a different certification for BMX helmets. Where like when you're talking about a certified helmet, they're in case you get hit by a car going at like motorized speeds, basically. Like right. a certified helmet. Is what a road biker would wear. So if he's going like 30 miles an hour down the road and gets hit by a car and his head just goes, <laughs> then he doesn't die. Then you have like the normal ProTech, which is just a half shell of foam. And it's like, man, I mean, it's better than nothing. Barely. Exactly. Yeah. And there's got to be a middle ground for like, where does it need to be? People that are riding Mega Ramp. Certified all day long. People that are going to the skate park riding foot tall ledges, like, do you need a certified helmet? Because the problem is comfort. And if you can't make something comfortable and fashionable, kids don't wear it. And that's the biggest thing, too. Like, yeah, because you know how, I mean, it changes your whole perception. I mean, like, you feel like you got blinders on, you know, and you put a helmet on and it doesn't feel right. I mean, like, or you even feel like you're wearing a helmet. I mean, like, you don't even feel comfortable on your bike. It's obviously like it changes everything for some reason. You know, it's really odd. <clears throat> That's a market I never thought about, though. I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, that they obviously have, you know, these ones for, like you said, like super high impact, but there's, there's no in between, there's no middle ground. And maybe there's, well, maybe there's not a middle ground. Maybe that's where, like, the foam ProTac, the skate helmet, is okay. Is it, though? I mean, like... I mean, it's better than a beanie. I guess it isn't. (laughs) This is my life helmet. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, seriously. I mean, like, it's just, look at what's going to happen if you bounce your head off the ground, like... It would be arguable that a beanie would be better than just straight head. Absolutely. And arguable is the right word. There is a write-up in that... I don't even remember what the name of this magazine was called. It was from the UK. Um, and it was kind of a weird magazine. Coming from the UK? That doesn't sound right. But, man, it's bugging me that I can't remember the name of this. Because my buddy had an interview in it and everything. Oh, Yeah. Um, anyway, they had an article about that, and it was all kind of theoretical, about, like, a head hitting the ground versus a beanie versus the foam helmet versus 
certified and like something is better than nothing no matter how you look at it but it's so speculative when we don't have real data and it's it's not only about whether it's padded it's is it stopping is it reducing the impact and that's what's who knows yeah i never thought like i mean that foam that's inside of them helmets i mean like that to me i feel like there's got to be something better than that i mean like 2019 all of this you know material and all these things that we can do and make and you know but like i guess it's just well there, there was yeah. one that came out that was really cool for a little while still certified very flexible it was a bell it's called the segment helmet I have one, never worn, in the closet right behind you. Why didn't you ever wear it? I bought it, and I've still had a ProTech ever since, so I just, I haven't worn it yet. Now, with a certified helmet, do they tell you if it takes a big slam to get a new one? Yep, because it'll it'll crack the foam. I thought that. But that's what it's meant to do. Right, So it's crack the foam, not your skull. (laughs) Put that on a shirt. (laughs) But... I mean, that's kind of the pe- reason people don't like them, too. Well, that's what I mean. You, you, like, know, you, I mean, like, that's a nice you can bounce your ProTech off the ground day in, day out, and it's just going to get scratched up, but it right. didn't do any damage to it. You know, if your shell's cracked, then yeah, you're going to replace it. But and, and just after I got mine, too, they come out with a lot of Those are so nice. Because <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, full cut one that you've got that's not certified either right it's just foam no it's not certified yeah I didn't think so I don't think it is no it is what it is though I actually don't know I don't think they are I don't think ProTech does any certified maybe they do I haven't looked wouldn't they I think it's expensive like to, to get the certification and then you know how quick things change like the have a new model or a new person and it's like well now you gotta test it again you're like but the phone never moved yeah i never actually even thought about that either um so who makes the best certified who makes them like i don't know because i think bell discontinued theirs well i heard that yeah like they don't make certified helmet anymore i think i did hear that about bell and that's why I think I just assumed that ProTech made certified. They might. I, I really don't know. I know nothing about it. I wear this generic ProTech. Well, it's not generic. I mean, that's a pretty good helmet. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's their, like, most common one is what I mean. Yeah. yeah it's just the classic uh, skate. Like you said, the biggest thing is just getting kids to wear them. You know, like Seriously. <clears throat> Yeah, there's no appeal to wearing a helmet, you know, like for a little kid that doesn't care about his head injury, you know what I mean? Like, you're not mindful of that stuff when you're young. I I put that on the bike companies that are sponsoring riders. Yeah, I mean, you even see how, I mean, like literally, I mean, like how many don't wear helmets, you know, like, I mean, you can't get everybody on board, I guess, but still, like, I mean, all these big, I mean, mean, it's Red Bull, you know, all these guys are on it, but no street riders that I can think of. I mean, Donaghy. Alex Donaghy, mm-hmm. he wears a helmet. Kaczynski will sometimes. There's, there's a like, few. I'm trying to think. 
Yeah, but it's the same thing. You know, you talk to anybody that rides BMX about wearing a helmet, it's the same thing. You put a helmet on, it's like you have blinders on. You know what I mean? Like, you literally, like, I feel like, you know, I can't yeah. see where I need to see, you know, it just really feels awkward. Yeah, but that's the same thing it's with anything helmet. if you aren't wearing it all the time. If you wore it all the time, then it's just natural. I tried wearing it to bed, tried wearing it doing laundry. <laughs> Still the same thing. Yeah, people look at you like you're special. <laughs> yeah, I am special. It's one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really did that, though. Like, I mean, because it's, it's exactly that. I mean, like, cause if it's obviously new, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. I mean, like, you just have to pretty much wear it to the point where it feels like it's part yeah. of you. You know, and it goes back to just, you know, how often do you get to ride? You know, like, I need unlimited riding time. The, the thing I can't get myself to do, and I need to do it real bad, is wear my glasses when I'm riding. How does that? I mean, like, I feel like that would be tough. I can't see a thing. You know, because I mean, riding with them would oh, be yeah. tough. Right, because he, right here is exactly where you need to pull up at things. Like, I have, they're really goofy looking. I think they're up somewhere up there. I've got sport goggle ones, oh, so that yeah. they've got the headband and everything on them. But they've got a thick frame. And that frame, I've tried to ride in them, and I cannot see. I've missed my pull-up so many times, and like, no, I don't need it. See, that's another market right there that's in the gray area that's not even being thought of, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm sure even wearing a helmet, does that give you, you know what I mean, any uncomfortable when it's here? You know, no. Push it in here, because like, I think Austin, yeah, Austin's well, wears glasses, you know, and like, he's, yeah, they're oh, flying off. Tons of people <laughs> like, wear them. You know, like, I always see them flying, man. <laughs> but no, I, I can't read anything, I can't see... That'd be tough, man. I never, you know, like I said, just never even considered that. Like, what could you do? Yeah, because like I, can, I can see close up. So, like, when I'm getting close to something, I can see it. <laughs> oh, shit. But, yeah, like, I can't ride night. can't ride street at night at all. If it I, starts to get even a little bit dark, I can't see anything. I probably haven't ride any BMX at night in years. Because of that, you know, like your perception is so far off. I think actually the last time I was riding was the last time that I got like really wrecked up where I was like thought I was concussed, you know. I was like, I just need to make a point of wearing them, even if I just wear these ones, like as long as they're comfortable, right? I bought that other pair just because I thought it was going to be a good idea. They are terrible. That's I, I like don't even like wearing them. Out in public because of how bad they are. You're going to play dodgeball or something? Uh, pretty much <laughs> what it looks like. Well, my grandmother, God bless her heart, I mean, she thinks of, you know, you know, all the time. So, like, uh, obviously, like I said, I look at a needlepoint all the time tattooing. Well, she got me these, like, magnification glasses, and they look like safety glasses, you know, they're, like, real huge. They're, like, times five magnification here, you know, and, like... That's awesome, though. I mean, like, but... I can't bring myself to wear them because they're, you know, like, they're huge on the face, you know, but, like, I'm telling you what, I mean, like, I've, I've used them just a few times here and there just to draw things here and there, and I mean, like, I couldn't imagine having that kind of precision, like, my visual, you know, and just, mm -hmm. like, needle visibility there, you know, like, <clears throat> at some point, I probably will start using them, you know, because, like, that's one thing, like, I imagine I probably, you know, get headaches because of the strain on my eyes all the time, you know, I'm constantly looking at something that's so minute, you know, that like something like that, at some point, you know, I won't care how I look at them, you know, because like they are like 
about to like fly the Starship Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah, but they do work though. They're cool. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're like drunk goggles though. Like if you're not looking at something close up, like I mean, like it really, really is hard to wear them because, like, I mean, that's the thing. Well, the focal point on them is probably only this far away. Right. Right, so, so that's if, you back if you off start it, going beyond that, it's just blur. That's like she's like wearing one in her nose, and then you can look above them, you know. But like I said, like <clears throat> yeah, it's hard to get used to, you know. Like mm-hmm. and you just have to just commit to it. All right, I drank all my water at this point, so now I'm gonna be the annoying water. guy and just refill my water. But I always figure if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it like. <laughs> That's the crisp sound of Aquafina. Ah. I'm going to sell that soundtrack. Sound bit. You ever think about that? Like, I mean, like all the little sound bits, like, because obviously in editing and things like that, I think about that. Somebody had to sit down and record that, that sound effect of the banging on the trash can. Or, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that's somebody's job. <laughs> I just got to make a bunch of noise all day and record it. Yeah. Yeah, all the goofy sound effects, you know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we talked about Stay Inspired. What is Stay Rad, then? Uh, Stay Rad focuses mainly on 18 and under. Uh, obviously, you know, I mean, like, BMX is huge, I mean, even at age, like, four. I mean, like, with the balance bikes even now, I mean, like... At any age, I mean, even before kids are walking, they're rolling around on wheels, and I mean, like, you can literally get them interested in rolling around on ramps and at the pump track and stuff like that. So, like, I feel like that is like the best place to start, you know, is like all of these younger generations that, you know, may not have the opportunity to be exposed to BMX, you know, especially in these smaller towns where we don't have a local skate park or, you know, I mean, like, how do you find out about BMX or anything? Like, I mean, everybody knows about skateboarding, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to try to just, like I said, just grow that scene with the younger generations because, I mean, I've been riding BMX my whole entire life. I just I just turned 30. I mean, like, I don't remember a time that I wasn't interested in being on my bike and, you know, I just love the feeling of just being out and cruising with your friends and building a jump or, you know what I mean? Like, it's there's nothing like that feeling. And, like, if you are introduced to that, I mean, really at any age, but, like, especially young age, I mean, that's something you'll carry with you through mm-hmm. everything, you know? And there's honestly nothing better, I think, to teach somebody, you know, that you got to work your ass off, you know, to get what you want, you know what I mean, that nothing comes easy, you know, and I think that it just really, really builds a good, strong foundation for kids, you know, like I said, I mean, like, you have an interest in, you know, having fun and jumping your bike and all that stuff, you know, and then you start learning tricks, and you realize that, like I said, nothing comes easy, you know, you got to work towards it, you know, and you, you understand that, you know, you might have to fail a hundred times to get something right one time, you know, and you can't let that get, you know, or you can just in your head. It. <laughs> just post it. Yeah, so like, you know, it's really, really awesome, you know, that you can take that, you know, mentality and instill it, you know, in a kid's head, you know, well before, you know, they start in the real world and realize that, you know, you're gonna get kicked and knocked down and you're gonna fail and you know, like yeah, before, you know, things get easy, you know, things are really tough, you know, and all we can do to help them out, you know, and like I said, I, uh, last summer we had a, just a couple events. I think we, you know, mm-hmm. spoke a few times, um, but we tried to, you know, like raffle off a bike, you know, you know, I'd love to just do whatever we can to help out the scene because you know how expensive BMX parts are and BMX bikes are and stuff, you know, like 
we started just, you know, scouting like Facebook Marketplace and just buying up, you know, 80 and $100 BMX bikes, you know, clean them mm-hmm. up, paint them up, you know, do whatever, you know, get them running right and get them safe. You know, and then give them to somebody that doesn't have a bike. And I'd like to do the same thing with parts even. Do like, you know, like a... I don't know, like just you know, like a scrap parts bin or something, you know, to where like if anybody needs something, you know, pedals or anything, yeah, you know, that it's just there for people to use, you know, because like I said, I've you know been riding BMX, you know, pretty much my whole life, and I know that like even now, I mean, I have a, a good career and stuff, and even so, like you know, I can't really afford to go out and buy a brand new wheel set when you know whenever I need one, you know, like you know how many parts and stuff that you get from you know just other BMX riders and all this yeah. stuff, so like. State Rad is just trying to really, really build this younger generation of BMX riders, you know, and try to teach them a little bit about, you know, showing respect when you're out riding street, you know, and how to ride safely in the streets and not get run over by cars because you're not allowed to run on the sidewalks. And, mm-hmm. you know, just really, really just, you know, <clears throat> try to grow it as much as possible, you know, because like I said, I mean, like there's, you know, few and far in between places to ride, you know, so anything we can do to just kind of mend all of those and just try to kind of expand the reach you know i think it'd be really cool for everybody so is it is it like the team for stay inspired then or is it its own brand or is it a little bit of both i guess i would call it its own thing i mean like um i said it's kind of like a a growth of stay inspired um stay because stay inspired obviously isn't bmx you know it's not labeled as like a bmx brand per se you know like i do plenty of other things that that covers um you know between the photography and film and all these other things so stay rad i guess is more or less our bmx focus yeah and yeah we even talked about this too about having a team you know like is it a good idea to have a team yeah or is it better to just say hey you know we're a group of guys that just like to ride together and there's no pressure there's no Mm-hmm. Because I've come to find out, especially whenever you're dealing with the younger generation and younger kids and stuff like that, I mean, that don't really have an understanding of the work and the time and the energy and even the money that goes into having a team and stickers and shirts. And I mean, you know what it costs like to have the equipment and to be able mm-hmm. to do all of it, you know, and you hook up, you know, your team, you know, you want to give them, you know, like I said, stuff to help represent. Well, then everybody's like, well, when can we get more free stuff? You know, like, you know, hey, let me get, you well, know. I'm going to say that if, if that's the type of people you're hooking up, then you got the wrong people. Well, that's what degree, I mean. So, but... like, it, it's cool to sponsor them. And, like, I loved the fact, because I was going out and filming for these kids. And, like, I consider myself to be able to put together footage and film and mm-hmm. stuff professionally. You know, and, like, you know, these kids, like I said, 18 and under. I mean, most of them were, like, under 15, you know, and go out with them ride with them, film them, you know, put together an edit, you know, welcome to the team edit, you know, and hook them up with shirts and stickers and all that, you know. There's nothing cooler, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, like I said, because I think about how I would have felt being a kid, having somebody, you know, yeah, getting just some sort just of hookup. Some recognition, even just saying, hey, man, like, I like what you're doing, you know, you know, here, I want to help you, you know, stay motivated and, you know, stay inspired and just, you know, stay rad. You know, like, that's what it's all about. But then, like, you know, at the same time, you have to kind of draw that line where it's like, okay, well, you know, it can't just be all about the free stuff. You know what I mean? You kind of just, you know, you have to kind of remember why we're all want to be on a team in the first place. It's all because we just like to hang out and ride. You know, like, 
So at the same time, I honestly feel like maybe it's better to just not necessarily have like a set roster team and let's just say, hey man, that's just the name of our group and anybody that wants to ride with us can ride with us. I feel like that would be more beneficial, I think, in the end run to our whole cause, you know, just keeping mm-hmm. things humble and, you know, like I said, it's not about the, you know, the product and all of that, you know. Well, like, I've got a couple of points there. The first is that I end up with that same kind of feeling on Grindworks, and this is the discussion we've had before, and I, I bear with me, viewers, listeners, I, I know you've heard this before, but um, I always go back and forth on whether Grindworks is even really a company or not. And I say that because we don't have a team. We have a crew. So if we were a company, we would have a team. If we were a crew, we might occasionally have product. Right. They're not the same. And it's like, I think as a brand, Grindworks is a company. You know, deep down it is. We, our primary thing is selling product. Um, making good pegs, uh, making shirts, making stickers, uh, pins. Um, recently, I've actually been carrying some other people's stuff on our web store to cool. try to just cross sell and like yeah. maybe someone's interested in their thing and realizes, oh crap, I can get this all in one spot instead of essentially we're fighting for sales. If if I'm saying, hey, come to my web store, and then someone else is going, no, come to mine, and you're like. Look at how many people's web stores am I going to this month? I'm just not going to order. No, I think that, you know, I mean, helping everybody help each other, I think, is the best thing possible. But I think the other thing I wanted to touch on was what you're getting at with sponsorship. Um, You know, you're hooking these kids up, but what they don't understand is that a sponsorship is a job. And there are clear terms that should come with that and expectations. And if they're not meeting expectations, uh, you know, barred some sort of injury or other thing that's happening that they like literally can't. Right. And the weather's a factor. I understand that you're, you're not hooking them up just to give them free stuff. You're hooking them up because they should be promoting your product so that you can sell more of it. Right. And this is like literally the conversation that I had, you know, and like, I literally just use the word reevaluate. I just want to reevaluate the team, you know, and kind of see who did I have to like, hey, share this, hey, you know, I mean, like, I mean, like, you shouldn't even really have to. You shouldn't have to at all, you know, I mean, like, I know if I had any company, I don't care who it is, you know, and they're looking at me and they want to, you know, give me a little bit of product to just, to just wear it and promote it. And, you know, they're promoting, they're supporting me doing what I love mm-hmm. to do. You don't have to even ask me to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, in every post, I'll mention you. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, that's just, I mean, but, like, at the same time, we're a little bit older. We understand how the world works a little bit differently than, you know, someone that's, you know, not really out in it yet, per se. But, I mean, like, that's kind of the conversations that I like to have with all these kids, you know, and just help them understand that, like, there's a lot that goes into making this happen, you know, and the only terms Mm -hmm. that you have to meet is just enjoy doing it, you know, and promote that we help you do it you know i mean and that's pretty much it yeah i guess well see social media makes it weird because like years ago if you had someone riding for you they would send you a bulk of footage and you would put an edit out for them branded um now it's all self-promotion 
and someone's sitting there promoting themselves, and then you're trying to be like, all right, so what am I just supposed to repost your video? Like, you don't have our logo over top of it. You might have put us in a hashtag, but like, realistically, like, woohoo, big deal. That's, I literally said that too. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, you. You gotta be willing to put a little bit more effort into than just typing a hashtag because I mean like you see these block of hashtags that they attach to their post, hell I guarantee you have that copy and you pasted it. And I mean like you literally No one's reading you know, your hashtags. It's it's more you know, like I even tried to just say, like, listen, <clears> man, you guys are out filming, you're out riding, send me your clips so that I can post them on the team page. You know, and then like I see everybody posting their, you know, their clips when they go riding, and I don't get, you know, I mean, like they don't even send them to me. I could be making edits for them all. I could be, you know, or, I mean, like, or that you could be whole... at least getting an exclusive one here and there. Like they send it to you before they put it on their page, so that you can be like, oh, new, new clip, fresh from so and so. Right. No, I already seen that. And and then let them repost their own clip later. Don't. Right. I, I mean, I'm not very good at this myself, so I'm like. <laughs> Talking and I'm like rolling my eyes at myself a little <laughs> bit, but I also don't have a team. Never claimed to have a team, so it's like, and that's a safeguard for yourself because you know what I mean like that way you're not necessarily obligated you know to do that you know like because mm-hmm. I mean that was the thing you know I mean everybody was gung ho hey man you know I want to be on the team, but then whenever it starts requiring you to do something you know like then it you know it's, yeah yeah and then like I literally you know and. Yeah, like I said, it, it stinks to have to do that, but I mean, at the same time, like, it, it's for the betterment of just the whole situation. You know, like I said, I don't want to have to feel like I have to ask you to share this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm doing this to help our community yeah. and our, our our whole cause. Why wouldn't you already have been inclined and want to? <laughs> like, I mean... Well, so. and then, like, you probably also got... I know that a lot of my crew is hyping and sharing and you know if they see someone at the park they're telling them to buy our stuff over someone else's and it's like man i wish i could hook you up right i just can't but like you're out there you're being the salesman that you're supposed to be you're on the team yep and that's like any young kids listening watching whatever like you're a salesman if you're on a team you're not just cool look at me i'm really good like that's not even half of it at this point you have to be a salesman that's, yeah and if you're not your then, entire job you know if you're not then i mean like obviously just you know don't put yourself in that position you know because i mean like you know you don't have to be on the team to come hang out and ride you know mm-hmm. buy a shirt support the cause you know what i mean like yeah that was what you know like it's like well yeah, I mean, everybody wants everything, but you only want it whenever it's being given away. I mean, like, that's not really fair. I mean, like, mm-hmm. sure, I have a job, and, you know, I can afford to do it. But, I mean, like, at the same time, I mean, like, it's it, has really to, the point. it has to be able to continue to grow. And, I mean, like, you know, if only one person's feeding into it, you know what I mean, then, you know, at some point it'll fizzle out, you know. Like, I mean, it, it has to be something that we all kind of help this thing keep going, you know. Like, it's a team effort, yeah, you know, so like I honestly think, you know, moving forward, um, I like your, you know, defining it more of a crew, you know, and that hey, you know, if you want to be a part of the crew, then when we're riding, come out and ride with us, you know, if you want us to come ride, hit us up, come ride, you know, like 
it should be all about, you know, we're all just out just doing what we love to do, you know, like I really, you know, would love to have, you know, a team, but like you said, I mean, you can have a team and, you know, you just, you know, hang out and ride, you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be, you know, like a, a tit for tat, you know, type deal, you know, yeah. if you want a shirt, buy one, you know, they're not that expensive, <laughs> you know, they make Pretty it much. affordable, you know. Well, and then, like, your heavy crew that you're with all the time probably gets it a little bit cheaper than the the person that you just met, and you're just like, eh. But the thing is, and this goes with tattooing, too, the diehards and, like, the, the ones that they're you the just mentioned, they're like, yo, man, here's yeah. 25 bucks for that shirt, because I know that you spent four hours weeding out the design last night to press it, yeah, know, yeah, so yeah. That I can have it today. Well, you that's know, exactly like, it. But, like, they're also the same person that, you know, if they're having a rough time down the road and you print a fresh shirt, you might throw them one because, hey, man, you've bought every other one. Don't worry about this yeah, well, one. those are the guys that you want to hook up. Like, listen, And even then, they're like, no, 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 I'll pay you back, I swear. Right, and you're like, no, dude, that's fine. You know, we're, like, we're cool on this round. Yeah, you know, just like my buddy Chris, Chris Thornton Jr. I mean, like, I probably ride with him more than anybody. You know, and it's the same deal. I was like, you know, I talked to him all the time about like man what would you like to see on the shirts you know what i mean like what kind of style are you mm -hmm. feeling you know because i know that he's one person that will advocate it you know what i mean like you know whenever he gets a shirt off me you know what i mean he'll wear it every time we ride you know he'll you know he'll, you know he just he's all about it you know mm -hmm. i don't have to ask him to you know i don't have to give it to him for free you know i mean like he wants to because he wants to and it's just you know it's just hard to get everybody on that same page you know but what are you gonna do yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, a couple of solid, you know, people in your crew, man, and then anybody else who wants to join in, you know, like, but we shouldn't be, you know, making people, you know, do this for that. Like I said, I feel like that really clouds up the whole, you know, reason why we're doing it. Yeah, well, and, I mean, it's, it's debatable, because you've got a team, and then you're like, all right, so now there's, instead of just me out here promoting this product, there's, say, eight guys that should all be out promoting your product, but... It turns into that you threw free product at eight guys and one guy's promoting your product right. and not that well. Right, or just like whenever somebody asks well, about it. Because so, sometimes it can be like a negative reflection too, depending on, you know, someone can be out there wearing your stuff and making just douchebag remarks at other people. And now it's like, oh, that that stay inspired stay rad guys a yeah. douchebag and you're like one that wasn't even me guilty by two like who did you even meet <laughs> <laughs> right because you don't know who got a shirt sometimes i mean like oh i could have told it to him and he gave it to him right right, right. Yeah, who knows? well and then like you get people that can buy a shirt and then go oh i'm on the team too and you're like no you're not <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is <laughs> Like you, yeah. yes, you're you're semi associated with us to some degree, but no. no. So that's kind of like a weird middle ground there, but but yeah, like someone that like you can just hook up the wrong person and it can look really bad for your company. Yeah, and it can go both ways. Obviously, you know, like <clears throat> yeah, most of the time, yeah, it's not so bad. I mean, like, honestly, like, I, I get more enjoyment, you know, out of hooking people up and, you know, I mean, doing things that don't necessarily bring me an immediate kickback, 
you know, like, because mm-hmm. I understand things are a process, you know what I mean? You put things out there, it's got to, you know what I mean? It's got to kind of be able to do its own thing and kind of see how it evolves. You know, like you said, if you, you know, you hook up eight people, you know, and every one of those people are motivated, I mean, like, just think about the possibilities, you know, those people tell other people and they tell other people, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if everybody just, you know, is kind of on the same page, you know, like, I think it's just a lack of communication. Like I said, these, you know, kids that I was working with, you know, I don't think that they understood necessarily that there was, you know, a job, like you said, you know, I mean, like Mm -hmm. that it was, you know, something that they were required to do. It was kind of unspoken because I didn't feel like that was something I had to say, you know. Yeah. Next time, you know, from now on, you know, at least, you know, you know, through trial and error, just one thing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it as simple as like a document that's laid out that's like, you will post at least this many times a month. Oh, yeah? You will mention us in, like, say, X percentage of the posts. Hmm. You'll post one of our products standalone, like... Right, without you, you in or, it. Or. or your signature product, if you've got one. Huh. Um, you know, you're, you should make a trip every three months or something like that. If you commit to going on a trip and then bail on it last minute... Throughout. That's a pretty solid, you know, and it's like set of guidelines. Well, yeah, but then you're like, oh, they're telling me I have to post twelve times a month, and you're like, well, it's the people that so what? don't post it at all, don't post it at all. They're like, oh my god, I got ten days left to post twelve things. <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, you got thirty days to make twelve Instagram posts, like, right? Like if those requirements and someone was asking me that stuff of me, I'm like, dude, like I'm I have to show these numbers. Out I only water. have to show up to work like twelve times this month, like right, like that's all the more. And w- one of them can be a product post, which means that I can just have this stacked in my phone. And I have to go on a trip. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, define trip it's getting out of your hometown so like going to Cleveland different you know anything and that's that's one thing that like um I mean obviously like all these big companies I mean that's all the reason that we do all this obviously we wouldn't you know have anything if it wasn't for these guys but like the the non-sponsored amateur non-funded BMX rider is so underappreciated because I mean like there's nobody, you know, I mean, hooking us up, sending us on trips, you know, flying us out of the cold weather, you know, and we're committed, we're not paid, you know, like, and, and we put ourselves through hell riding. And but those are the people that get hooked up. You're not, you know, no one's going to pay you to ride your bike if you're not out there riding it anyway. So... Right, people out there, like, sponsor me videos and all that stuff looks so yeah, bad. Yeah, but, well, it doesn't necessarily look bad. I, it's kind of like a past thing to send a sponsor me tape, but I think it still happens. I think people are hashtagging sponsor me now. Oh, probably. <laughs> but that doesn't matter then. You're not getting one. Um, I've actually done that as a joke on Grindworks posts, which is like, <laughs> we're the company. Um, but, like, if you're not traveling, and then the company comes in and is like, well, we'd like you to ride for us, but are you, are you going to, like, we need you to travel this much. You're not even used to traveling. You don't know what traveling is like. And traveling is not always fun. Traveling is work. Well, it's hard, especially if you're, you're going out with a, a I mean, like, you got to come up with content, you know, like. You need to come up, I mean, think about if if you're going to make a trip 
a day trip doesn't count. You're going to make a trip somewhere where you have to stay the night. You have to coordinate people. You have to coordinate vehicles. You have to coordinate who's driving, what, what distance. Uh, how's the arrangement going? Like, does it, you know, making sure everyone's actually bringing gas money, making sure everyone knows that they're responsible for paying a portion of the hotel room. Someone has to book the hotel room and take the liability on said hotel room. That's always a tough one. And then... <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Then you get somewhere and it's like, well, we can't go to the park. I spent all my money on the, on dinner last night and on the hotel room. And you're like, we drove out here to go to the park. And you're like, how did, how did this happen? Like, oh, I don't know. My biggest problem is... Making sure that cameras and things are charged, you know what I mean? Like, because I'm working on a, a solo project right now just for my own self, just, like, to kind of <clears throat> document some progression and document just, uh, you know, the, the kinds of things that we deal with here in Pennsylvania, just, you know, the weather and just the spots mm-hmm. and all this stuff. You know, and, like, <clears throat> the hardest thing is just making sure that, like, cameras are charged, got all the equipment, you know, you got an extra battery, you know, because I've been, you know, out plenty of times, and it's like, holy shit, I just got out here and getting set up, and my shit's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, cause you're trying to think of so many things and so many Weather doesn't even help going. with that, because it, when it's cold, you might have a fully charged battery. Right. And then you don't. You know, like, yeah, oh, I didn't even cool. think about that either, right? That's a big factor on the battery. Yeah, and in summer, in. if it's super hot, all of a sudden the, the camera won't start because your battery overheated. You have to worry about that. I can't remember the last time it was too warm. <laughs> About six months ago. <laughs> yeah. We got a 60 degree day there a couple, what, two or three months ago? Yeah. It really, it's been a nice winter though. Mild, it's only been yeah. really cold a couple of times. It's the temperature and the wind. You know, like I said, I don't really even mind, yeah, precipitation. I mean, like I can deal with it. But like the temperatures, man, just makes it impossible. Well, I know, like, my office has a location out in North Dakota. Oh, yeah? It's, like, regularly negative 30 there and not unheard of to be, like, negative 50. They stop work at negative 50. They stop work. <laughs> it's because the equipment, like, the oil field equipment isn't rated below negative 50. So, at negative 50, they have to stop. That's not right. I can't even imagine. I mean, like, because we but, get... Well, it's almost comical. Like, those numbers aren't real. I negative ten is really really cold. So like, how does it get any colder? How do you really, decide really cold? Right, you know. I I don't think it does. I think yeah. you just get <clears throat> frostbite quicker. I said the same thing. They should just do away completely with the whole temperature reading anyway. You know, <laughs> if it feels cold, it's cold. If it feels warm, it's warm. I mean, like, cause, I mean, that's whole. It's thirty two, but it feels seven. <laughs> you know, like I mean, who's deciding what it feels like? Yeah. like no, it feels like eight degrees. No, change that. <laughs> and you know, like, who's making these decisions? You know, like, it's really outrageous <laughs> to think that that's somebody putting in all that input. Like, I mean, yeah. how do they know what it really feels like? Wind. <laughs> but I guess, yeah, there's probably a formula. And sun. <laughs> I mean, you can be directly in the sun on a 30-degree day. Yeah, it feels And great. it feel like it's 50 out. Yeah, completely. Yeah, that's what I strive for. In or you can be in a windy tunnel on a 30-degree day and be freezing. Yeah, I live by the river. <laughs> like it's, yeah, you're it, in a windy tunnel. It's tons of cold, you know, just cold air coming off the top of that river and everything. 
but I wouldn't, you know, like I said, I mean, I could live in California if I wanted to. I just don't want to. You know, like I'll deal with mm-hmm. the weather and the temperature or something that make them an inconvenience. I came down here from upstate New York. Oh, yeah? They get, you know, serious weather up there. This is a lot better. <laughs> is it? I mean, yeah. like... So, I'm from Binghamton, New York area. Oh, nice. uh, Vestal, New York is the actual town, but... So, Binghamton's right on the PA border. Like... You know where Syracuse is, roughly, on a map? It's yeah. directly south of Syracuse on the PA border. Okay. And then that is, I would say on an average day, it's roughly five degrees cooler up there. So if it's 33, 34 here and raining, it's like 28 and snowing there. No, I guess, yeah. So more and more. they get tons more snow than we do. But if they're snowing all day and then it drops five degrees overnight, okay, no big deal. If it's raining here all day at 33 degrees and then it drops five degrees overnight, everything is frozen. Yeah. So there's a lot more ice here. But as far as snow goes, it's like almost comical when people are like, oh, did you make it in okay? And I'm like, well, you guys don't even know what snow is. Not that there hasn't been big snowstorms down here, but. It's been a while. I mean, like, I don't even remember the last time that we got, like, significant snow that I was like, wow. I mean, like, I used to live in Cook's Forest. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you remember that area, but I mean. Not not really. I've only been down here about five years. Out there, I mean, like, it's, it's more so in the mountains. <clears throat> yeah, so you get far more snow, but like I get jealous sometimes when I see these guys on the news having to shovel their way out of the front door. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be awesome. I think my parents got like yeah. three feet last year. That would be fantastic. I mean, just I mean, but I don't want not, it all the time. Uh, it reaches the point where you're like, where do we even put the snow? Because <laughs> you snow blow your driveway, and all the snow is piled up. And your snowblower is just throwing snow and it's hitting the pile and falling back in your driveway. Well, I have a great visual for that, man. That's fantastic. So you're like, all right, this is not working anymore. But what you end up doing is taking the shovel and you dig the top off and push it all back so that it can land up top again. But but I think I'd enjoy that. I mean, not all year, you know, not all well, the then, time. Then you've got, like, buffalo, and buffalo is just its own animal where they get, like, seven feet at a time. You're like, Do they really? Uh-huh. I've been in buffalo one time, but it wasn't during the winter. Oh, yeah, you don't go buffalo. up there in the winter. Yeah, I don't want to get stuck there. I'll get stuck <laughs> at home. That's fine with me. <laughs> you know, like, that's what I want to I think Erie gets hammered, too, but not as much as buffalo does. Well, um, Lake Arthur, I was down there <clears throat> not too long ago, and, like, First time I've ever like walked on a frozen lake, that was pretty sketchy, you know. But I mean, there's people like way out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was even reading there's you know assholes that drive their cars on you know some of these lakes that are frozen. There's no way. I mean, you know, in theory it's fine, but eh, I don't know. Not I was nervous. Just, I mean, like I like picked out like a corner. Of Lake Arthur that was frozen, like rode my bike across it just to say that I did, yeah, you know, like the smallest corner. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, like, I'm good. Super sketchy. I don't trust it at all. <laughs> There's that little, they're out there drilling in the ice and shit. You're like, don't put a hole in it. We want it to stay solid. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how you get good at that. You know, you know, is that is that solid? You know, how do you know until you go out there and either follow through or you don't? <laughs> You know, because I mean, some of that, I mean, like, you can see where, I, like, 
it's thick here, but it's thin, super thin right here. You know, yeah. like it just doesn't seem like that's a very good idea. <laughs> just gotta know, I guess. Yeah. You just you just get good at it, like anyone gets good at anything they do all the time. I just think the very like probably the absolute worst, or maybe not even the worst. We won't go into the worst way to die, but like that's not ideal for me. Cold, drowning, ice. <laughs> it's not my last moments, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'd rather go out and fire and be warm. <laughs> I feel like that would be more painful. Though. It probably would be, but. Cold I, I mean, drowning. That part would suck. Freezing to death. That part might be okay because you just go to sleep and then you never wake up. Yeah. Doesn't it like Barter tricks yourself into thinking that you're really hot, right? So you just take off all your clothes and die. That's <laughs> alright, you know. Go to sleep, that'd be alright. <laughs> but yeah, burning to death not be awesome. No, that'd probably be the worst way to go. Shark oh. attack. Shark attack would be good. <laughs> yeah. Drowning, panic, and pain. Yeah. But you got to see a shark. <laughs> shark attack and freezing water. Speaking of shark attacks, they've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff to eliminate shark attacks completely. Like, uh, they're putting, uh, they found out there's something in the sensory system of a shark that magnets deter them. Yeah, and they've tested this now in theory by putting chum in the water and tethering it to the bottom. Yeah, and then putting magnets all around it and luring in all these sharks, and they won't go even through it. Even just a magnet hanging on a string it won't go past it you know so i mean like that alone will change so like they're thinking about putting like magnets you know like strips in your wetsuit you know i mean all this stuff now like to deter you know sharks you know whatever desire to weird you know but it's just i wonder how stuff like that's ever been figured out like how does somebody find that out that's pretty i don't know how many how many guys did you send in out in the chum before (laughs) nope that didn't work (laughs) (laughs) No, Magnet won't stop a shark. That was a terrible idea. <laughs> Call his wife. Well, or how do you determine that that's actually what's what's deterring? <laughs> you go, you go put all the magnets in the different wetsuits, and some guy gets eaten anyway, and it's like, oh, it wasn't the magnets, guys. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, beef stick in his pocket or something. <laughs> I don't need a roof hole in my water here. Uh, yeah. Uh, we can do a quick pause and, uh... Oh, do you have that option? Yeah. Oh, I guess stretching in. <clears throat> Alright, we are back. We are fully watered and ready to go. Doctor says I need a bacchiotomy. <laughs> um, nah, we're not fully watered. I'm gonna get more real quick before we go. But, um, all right, so we, we talked a lot about stay inspired, stay rad, general bike stuff. <laughs> um, so you hit me up a couple days ago. I, I know you were hitting up a couple of other buddies too to talk about a new project that you've got in the works. Yes. Probably so, the most exciting one, you know, to, yeah, yeah, to, uh, to date just because it benefits so many people. Yeah, so uh, as we spoke before, uh, we have a location in mind and everything, and I think uh, 
what we're going to end up doing is we're looking to open up a 24-hour bike park with a full-service bike shop in there. Um, the lady who owns the building, you know, she's uh, like president of the town council and uh, a few other things in town. She actually runs uh, the Red Bank Valley Trail Association, so that's in ties to like the Armstrong Trail, and she does a lot of functions, the rails of trails, and uh, does a lot of community rides and things like that. So whenever I called her, I just, you know, I seen that this uh, building was vacant in New Bethlehem. And immediately, as soon as I mentioned about a bike park, she was like ecstatic because she is so in tune with the cycling community and things like that. Not so much BMX, but bike stuff in general. Um, so she was hoping that, you know, she could see a bike shop or something like that in there. So at that point, it was like wildfire. So I mean, like started running with this and got in contact with a couple people and just seeing, um, you know, kind of what the general feel of it was, you know, and, and so far, completely positive feedback. I mean, like I said, because the weather obviously is such a big factor. So given somewhere, you know, indoor and then 24 hour, um, and then I'd also would like the place to be more of a, a street feel, just because we have the wheel mill. I mean, they pretty much have got everything covered. Mm -hmm. However, there's only one room for street. You know, so and even that is a spine, a bunch of quarter pipes, right? Stuff you never um, see outside. You know, a little step up thing, and on the one side there's a couple of things to grind. Right, and just having that and that being the street room, I could ride that room for days. I mean, like it literally, it doesn't get old. Um, so the place that we're we're looking to put this at um, is about six thousand. 6,500 square feet so it's not a massive space but I think that with what obstacles and stuff that I would like to see in there like I said more or less I would love to do some natural street stuff and get really creative on how to make this feel like natural street you know whether mm -hmm. it be with you know block or, or what you know but like I would love to see this place have a totally different feel and and give you the feel as if you're riding outside you know like I said just because we don't really have anything like that. Even if you go to any skate park that has a street obstacle, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's, it's plaza-style stuff. I mean, like, I would love to just, you know, get, like I said, like, um, if you remember, do you remember the bakery? Mm -hmm. um, Brian Kaczynski had the bakery for yeah. a short bit. They had, like, an obstacle in there, like, the storm doors, you know, like, the cellar doors. You know, I thought that was fantastic, you know, to take something that's, like, infamous in riding street you know and bring it into a, a park setting you know and it just you know it's so awesome especially it, it being a movable obstacle i like the idea of a few things being able to be moved around and that way it's not limited at all you know like once you know you get a few people in there you know how everybody looks at everything different you mm -hmm. know like it would be really cool to have something that could continually be changing you know and then um i think the biggest thing is like uh we're gonna have to figure out the bike shop end of it. I would love to obviously offer a product from anybody that does anything local, as well as you know try to get in with some uh, you know top name retailers and stuff on the BMX and mountain bike side of things. Because mountain biking is one thing I never really pursued or really mm -hmm. got into, um, but like I'm I'm more and more prone to it, especially now where I live, because I mean I have no lack of hill and mountain you know where I live. And I would love to, you know, kind of explore, you know, the realm of, you know, being on bigger than a 20 inch and maybe doing some downhill stuff and some trail riding mm -hmm. and things. So, like, I think that this place could really, really expand everybody's, you know, possibilities as far as, like, what we have and what we have access to. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's you know I think it's going to be great as long as that. I mean, it's going to take obviously you know some time to get this ball rolling and stuff like that. But like, there's tons of support because like I said, we don't really have anything like this at all in our area. Yeah, you know, I really yeah. think we need it. So, um, I know you mentioned like keeping it street, keeping a lot of stuff movable. I know that you've seen the ice house. I know you were never at the ice house. Yeah, that we I was had. just talking to my buddy Chris. He's like, tell him we want to so, ride that place. So, <laughs> everything we built was 12 inches, 18 inches, or 24 inches. Okay. Or, you know, taller, but... It was so that you could take this box, flip it on its side, jam it up against the wall, and now it's a deck for this bank. Yeah, exactly. Everything fit together awesome. That and is, it was done on purpose. That is awesome. It was very modular design. And what I liked about that space that you guys had is it wasn't a very big space, but that really forces you to get creative and be creative. I don't you think build. we had a thousand square feet. Really? It was tiny. You know, and like I've seen some serious sessions in that place. You know, I, like, I think we, I think we were like thirty by forty. Wow, yeah. not even thirty. And that's awesome that you know you're able to put something together. Like I mean, I mean you had so many different options. And in we that had place. like twelve or fifteen people in there on some nights. Wow, on top of all the ramps. But I can tell you that it's very difficult to lay that out well. And keep things rideable that way. And, like, the thing is, our goal when we started it, it was Tyler and I, was to have our own place to ride when we wanted to go there and be on nobody else's schedule. So it's the yeah, same same thing that you're, <laughs> you're saying there. And, you know, what, what no one really saw on Instagram... They saw when we posted that we were open. They didn't see that we were there four other nights that week. Right. Riding just together. Or one of us was there riding alone because we just wanted to figure something out. and Or we wanted to change something and build something. Or Yeah, just having that access to it, man, would be amazing. I mean, there, were, there were nights that he and I would go there and just play darts. And we weren't even riding. And we didn't even bring our bikes out of our car. We went and played darts, or I went and worked on a project, like, building something, or... Yeah, it's cool, man. I know, he held a show or two there. Uh, a couple of band practices, shot a music video there. Like, Shit. We used that space very well, but... Um, it was not in a good location. It was deemed way too far away from Pittsburgh to be viable. So, How far I would... Away? We were only in export, so it was about 35, 40 minutes out of Pittsburgh. Hmm. So that's my one thing I want to just bring up and caution you about, but I don't know your scene. Um, but I said, if nothing about being viable, our goal is to have our own place to ride for the next year and a half, maybe longer if we extend our lease. Right. Um, we are not a business. We don't plan to be. Like, we're not going to be on anyone else's terms. Well, that's what I thought. Like, I thought and that whenever you had that spot, it wasn't like a, a skateboard per se. It was know, a like... private deal. And if you wanted to come ride it, you donated to the cause. Right. Um, the problem 
I foresee, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, is that I don't think that you're going into it with that same goal exactly because the, the benefit was, well, you're going to fail. No, I'm not. Because, fail because what's my expectation and what's the goal? The goal is to have my own place and have fun. Right. And we had so many awesome sessions there. And we had our own place. And we called it quits when we were ready to call it quits and didn't renew the lease. Right. So I came out of that with exactly what I wanted out of it. Right. And, you know, I think nobody wants to see a park come and go. So it was kind of frustrating on that end to, to actually pull the plug on it. Yeah, I know how that is. It just but, wasn't on the shop. Yeah, but it wasn't it's, easy. It's what we intended it to be we didn't intend it to be a long-term park and i called it a project all along because it wasn't it I wasn't something even like oh yeah, i mean i've been around enough grow. skate parks to know that opening a skate park is a terrible idea mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> just the fact <laughs> well because summer you know nobody wants to ride you know mm-hmm. indoors basically well even not even um i know it's so part of it is that there's so many good free parks around that no one wants to pay to ride their bike. Right. Oh, I've been there, you know. So there's good outdoor parks that are pay. No one goes. Yeah. And you're like, why is no one showing up? Well, because you used to have a viable business when it was you or the other indoor park three hours from here. But now there's... 12 free outdoor parks between right. here and there and a whole bunch in the other direction and you're like no one wants to come here and pay you to ride the same setup that they can go ride at any other park for free right. so there has to be a draw like something that sets you apart from every other park and I think you're going for that with the street thing um, but like no one wants to see another park open up just for it to close in, in a year. Right. Um, I just, I'm curious what you're thinking and like what your business plan is, you know, cause you have to have a plan to make money Absolutely. if you're going into it for a business. It's just a fact. Well, People look at it like it's a negative thing to want to make money and it's like, you, you have to, to live, you know? Everybody it's does. you know ever yeah sure it seems like a cool idea if you wanted to do everything for free but you don't want to do everything for free right so I would say that our biggest um, revenue I guess would come from the fact that it's not necessarily going to be open to the public I think that the way to do it would be to do memberships do season passes um, do guest passes for those who are members do day passes for those who aren't sure if a membership's right for them. Um, obviously there's, um, plenty of other things that I do as far as the shirts and, and things like that, they can bring in revenue. Um, but as far as the park itself, um, I really like the idea of bringing in the younger crowd. Like I said, that's maybe new to BMX or maybe unsure of it, you know, and give them like a, you know, a trial run and see what they think of it. Um, I would love to offer private lessons, um, even doing photography and film for any kids that are already into BMX and maybe they want to start their YouTube channel, you know, and help them do some social media boosting, things like that, you know, and I think that, you know, as far as the parents' perspective of it too, you know, you figure, I mean, 
and, you know, you get your kid a membership to something like this, I mean, like, then it's something for them to do at any point at any time. You know, like I said, the 24-hour aspect of it, I think, would be wonderful just because it is so hard with so many people's schedules to make it to a park that closes at even 10 o'clock. I mean, sometimes, you know, you get mm -hmm. off work, you get dinner, get everybody, you know, I mean, together and go. I mean, you might only have an hour or two to ride, you know. So, like, I really think that offering people unlimited access, basically, and... Um, the way that it's done in Minnesota at the factory is like they actually have, you know, everybody pretty much has a key to the park, you know, mm -hmm. and then you have 24-hour access. Obviously, there would have to be somebody there attending, I feel like, probably most of the time, if, unless you could lock up your product and stuff. But, I mean, like, I feel like, yeah. well, I mean, everybody that's in there is a member anyway, so, I mean, like, for the most part, I don't I see I think you just being... put security cameras up and... I... See, you can't go by honor system because honor system sucks. Like... As an example here, I know exactly who did this. Like, I don't even talk to this person. But when I had the ice house, I had boxes of product there. I never arranged it like a shop because it would be too easy to walk by and grab something. Right. But, like, I had a couple of kids there one night, and the one dude was looking at sprockets. And I pulled that box out, showed him a handful, and he liked the one wasn't sure didn't want to buy it right then next day i'm going through that box of inventory because i check it Duh. <laughs> people don't think you're and you're gonna notice something missing oh that nice gold sprocket's gone <laughs> wonder who took it fast forward to seeing his bike on instagram oh that's oh, a nice wow. gold sprocket you've got on there wonder where it came from could have at least painted it <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I know who took it. That's You're the sad. only one there. That's sad. Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's a private spot. I'm not doing it to make money. Right. You're not a business. You're not welcome no. here anymore. Like, it's flat out that easy. You're not welcome. Don't ask me to come back. Right. So, um, as far as that goes, now, obviously, like, we talked about, like, the weather's, you know... One reason that I really would like to do this is because I know how often I want to go ride my bike and can't. Um, so, like, during the summer, obviously, when the weather's nice, that's when I feel like it would be the hardest to generate memberships, passes, and things like that, and any kind of revenue. So, I really think that the lady who... Man, drives from Cars Lane. Um, <laughs> she owns this building. Like I said, she's uh, president of the Red Bank Valley Trail Association, and she has, you know, a... a pretty decent following already in the cycling community and they do all these events uh, across the trail and yeah they uh, you know coincide with Armstrong County and Clarion County and all these things and uh, you know if you look at the map there's you know all these little icons and stuff like that like in New Bethlehem you literally can't even get a tube somewhere like if you were riding along the trail and you were a cyclist or I mean like you literally can't get any mm -hmm. kind of bicycle maintenance you can't get a bike chain I mean you have to pack up and go to Walmart, you know, which is, of course, Clarion, you know, I mean, from New Bethlehem, I mean, it's at least 30 minutes either way, you know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. ruining your whole day of riding, you know, and, like, that trail goes right in front of that building. I mean, like, the, the it's, it's like it's meant to be, man, because literally this could become a hub all summer long, uh, and not just for bicycle maintenance, I mean, obviously, bicycle parts, all these things, bicycle apparel. Um, and then also one other thing is like right there 
is the creek. We got Red Bank Creek right there. So we're gonna do kayak rentals and everything for the summer. I mean, you figure it's just one more thing to just keep us going through the summer months when the weather is good, you know, and then obviously, you know, the bank on the memberships and stuff like that, you know, the people that are gonna ride there when the yeah, weather is because you know. Like I I mean I don't want you to throw numbers out here on the the podcast because it And then you're fixed yeah. and then you're But I wanna talk to you about it after, but like your cost to rent that building monthly. Did I tell you what it would be? Uh no, but I I can guess you're probably having to get a good deal on it. I mean, like, it's outrageous. Um, <laughs> but better than I've ever heard. And I've yeah. talked to a lot of people that you know, rent. Well, I, I know commercial real estate is um, typically well over, like, uh, residential, you're like dollar, dollar fifty a square foot. Well, for retail, but I mean, like, retail, you you're usually like a lot more than that. So well, if you punch it into times. Google, it tells you flat out that the average rate per square foot in a in a retail is like forty five dollars per square foot. You mm-hmm. know, anybody that has a well, that's money. annually. Okay, right, right. <clears throat> you know, but like the the price, yeah, and the opportunity that's presented to us with this, like I said, mm-hmm. having her so on board, you know, I mean, like. Yeah, for well, me to even call her and mention bikes, I mean, like I said, she's doing so much, you know, to make this as easy as possible mm-hmm. for us, you know, and to make this happen because she really thinks that not only could it help my cause and what I think is a good idea, but I mean, like, ideas and stuff, yeah, you know, stuff that she's wanted to implement in that building and for the community for a very long time, you know. So she is giving us a, a, what I would call an unbeatable deal. I mean, that like mm-hmm. literally, we're not going to get this or this opportunity so else. if you have the opportunity and it's going to be hard to find someone that wants to do this i would recommend subletting the bike shop out and having it ran independent like a partner or do you mean, oh you mean like let somebody have their bike shop let someone or... rent that section of space as their bike shop and i have a person that i'm thinking of specifically that bought an entire bike shop and it's sitting in a storage locker right now and he's been looking for the right space to put it in. Uh, now with that, now obviously then that kind of, I mean, the the inventory, the ordering and all that stuff, that would kind of be alleviated for me. Cause that's what I'm saying. It's not your problem and you're just, you're getting a portion of your rent paid every single month and you're not employing that person. They're employing themselves and whoever they want to work for right. them. They're handling their own inventory. Obviously, you can say, hey, you know, we got a lot of people asking about this. But they're the bike shop. They're going to know. Right. So, do that. Yeah. If you don't have to do it yourself, you don't want to. Because well, right. it's one the, the overall is going to be about. a huge undertaking. Right. And then even let them deal with the kayak stuff. Because like, it's all going to fall out of the bike shop side. Right. And, I mean, I feel like rentals, I mean, like... I was thinking about this. I mean, like, yeah, you know, obviously the first thing to do is, you know, type in kayak rentals. What are other people doing? You know, what do they charge? You know, $25 a day, 20 bucks mm-hmm. a day, you know. But, like, in Cook's Forest, I mean, like, you're paying, like, that for a couple hours, you know, to where, like, I mean, mm-hmm. halfway down the creek, you're going to have to start planning your route back. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, you know, like, so I, I really feel like, I mean, like, uh, same thing like we did with the bikes. Um, you know, it's pretty easy anymore to find stuff online as far as Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist and stuff like that, you know, and between bikes and kayaking and things like that, you know, people get this stuff all gung-ho thinking they're going to use this stuff. Well, then 
it sits around, sits around for another summer, and they, you know, end up deciding to sell it. So, like, there's a lot of opportunity to, you know, kind of build, you know, this up without having to, you know, buy new kayaks and all of this mm -hmm. stuff, you know. So, like, I really think that, like I said, just all of this coming together, I mean, like, it's, it's definitely um, our best opportunity for something like this to happen, you know, better than what we've had before, just because, like, the hardest part usually is trying to get the town on board and all of that, you know, and trying to present this in a way that doesn't sound like, hey, this is going to be a place for a bunch of riffraff to hang out, you know, like. Yeah. Um, so this lady, you know, being able to really sit down with me and just kind of hear out my ideas, you know, just kind of hear just what we expect this to, you know, to be and how this is going to run, you know, like, I really think that it'll be cool because, you know, like, it'll just help everybody out, you know. It, mm -hmm. There's almost nobody that doesn't benefit, you know, even if you think about the non-BMX riders and the people that think it's a nuisance, you know, I mean, if they're given somewhere to do it, you know, then they're not out here, you know, riding your parking lot or your, uh, I mean, it'll always yeah, Yes and out. no, but that's where, like, you have to almost be careful on that side of the push because as soon as you're in existence and then people are still riding there, you can, like, not having a skate park in your town is a silent blessing. I, I get that right because, because there's nowhere else to do it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and the patrol of it can go through the roof and make people not even want to ride anymore mm -hmm. when all you're being told is you have to go to the park. Well, I can't go to the park. I don't have any money. Mm. So that's a, it's like a double-edged sword because having a park is awesome and having a park is terrible. Yeah, I mean it. But it goes that way with I mean, a lot of things. But. Even the the shop thing is a double edged sword too, with like subletting it. Because if you do it too cheap, then another bike shop can just use it like warehouse space, and have no motivation to come in there and actually be there on the daily, and operate the shop the way it should be operated. Right. And you have to charge enough for the space to motivate someone to actually work. And that's kind of true of any commercial real estate space. Otherwise, it turns into warehousing. Right. Um, I would make sure that you pass a fire code inspection before you ever sign anything. Because a whole bunch of skate parks, I can think of the one in upstate New York, Cranks specifically, they were open and operating and all of a sudden got shut down for fire code. Oh, yeah? And they needed to put in fire suppression systems throughout the entire building. And it costs tens of thousands of dollars to get that put in. I'll and it's, it's on you. To see. Because um, the landlord doesn't need them. It depends on your use as the tenant. Right. So they don't have to do it. If it's just general warehousing, it doesn't have to be there. Right. And the other thing, too, is um, insurance. There, I need like we discussed, <clears throat> you know, liability insurance and things like that. Now, are you? I mean, like you're not required to have it, but like just mm. putting up a sign and having them sign a waiver does that alleviate liability? No, waivers don't hold up in court. I didn't think so. You know, when it comes down to like if you know somebody had you know, had well, injury, uh, you know? like so if I sign my own waiver, then okay. Like, I'm not going to sue. Fair enough. If I get injured bad enough, 
my insurance company is going to say, in our clause to them, they didn't have the right to sign away our ability to sue on their behalf. Right. So the whole liability waiver is just kind of like a show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A, A goodwill. But it doesn't matter. And then furthermore, like a parent signing for their child, you didn't have the right to sign that kid's rights away. That's true. Think about that. Maybe you do. Do they? No. <laughs> you don't. I mean, yes, but not in a like in court. They can argue it however they want to argue it, and it is what it is. But no, it kind of comes down to no. <laughs> so. You can get away with not having the insurance. Until something happens. It depends on how you set your business up. If you're an LLC, then you're separate from the liability anyway. And if if the business and all of its assets and money get taken, you walk away clean anyway. But the, the company ends up with nothing. Right. Um... It really depends. Do you want the company to make money? If the if the company is breaking even every month and you're like able to live, and then that company goes away because an event happened like that, it's like okay, well here you effectively get nothing. Right. Good for you. Like it's not even worth you suing me for the ten dollars you're gonna get out of the LLC. But That's crazy. Um, yeah, so like obviously there's a lot of things uh, uh, I mean, to figure out. There's a lot your of groups to jump insurance through. is it's a good idea. <laughs> I I would highly recommend it if you're doing it as a real thing. Um, you know. Yeah, and she was even yeah, you know, like she has um, and she's gonna most okay. likely require it. But she gave me some information on like obviously she does events and all kinds of stuff so I mean like they do an in, event insurance and things like that for sporting events you know just have to give them a call and see what the price is you know but like obviously Outrageous. Like, yeah I'm sure that it probably will be but I mean at the same time I mean, like we're getting such a good deal on the location mm-hmm. you know and that you just kind of wrap it in there's so much potential like I said I don't feel like there's any lack of ideas you know or you know I even think that, like I said, just even the, the general response and the feedback, because um, I mean, if you, you know, are looking like towards Pittsburgh, I mean, there's there's so many opportunity escape park wise to ride. I mean, but if you start looking the other way, few and far in between. It's like you know, nothing like, to Altoona. Like, well, there's there's Butler. Yeah, forty five minutes. Punxsutawney has a skate in, park. Indiana is pretty close to you, isn't it? It's like twenty five minutes. It's actually about an hour from where I live. Okay. You know, so like <clears throat> same deal with the Wilma. I mean like I mean by the time I mean like it's literally gotta be an entire day event if I'm gonna go out that far to ride. Um and then there's a tiny one in Elderton, metal ramps. I mean like it's yeah, you know, it's just like a slab at the park, you know, and then they have one about the half the size of that at like East Brady. You know, and their metal ramps. I mean, which I think is a horrible idea. Yeah, I hate. I like them. metal ramps. Do you really? like in the summer, landlord getting scolded? Yeah, like. Uh, 
I don't know, uh, like just something about metal. I don't like land on metal. <clears throat> I'd rather land on cement for some reason. But uh, like, it's just like there's nothing substantial. I mean, like Mac Park's about probably the closest thing as far as professional. You know, I mean, like that's like the nicest outdoor park I have mm-hmm. within my reach. You know, even Punxy. I mean, like it's decent, but it's very small. Yeah, so like we, I really don't feel like we have anything that like it. I said I got such a uh, large amount of feedback. Even people from like Reading, Pennsylvania, you know, are like dying for this to happen. I even had a kid tell me that if this happens, he's moving to New Bethlehem and never leaving. <laughs> you know, so like, there's no lack of hype because obviously you know yeah, the BMX community. I, you know, I'm nervous for you highly because everyone is all talk. Oh yeah, I've learned I mean, about the tattoo industry. That. Trust me, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, tattoos a good one because they come in, they've got a cool idea. You tell them you want to deposit, and then all of a sudden you never hear from them again. I'm telling you. Oh, that's can like... you can you draw this up? No, not until like the day before your appointment when you've given me a deposit and you haven't canceled. You wouldn't believe how many people are like, "What do you mean I have to give you a deposit or a down payment?" Like, do you even understand the process of what goes into having to get this ready to put onto your arm? I mean, like, and how many times I've done that process, and then they well, don't you have show to up. Buy, at a bare <laughs> minimum, out of my time. <laughs> at a bare minimum, you have to go make sure you have the right needles for depending on how much ink you're going to lay, and make sure that you've got the right inks in in house at the time. So, like, if they want an intricate full color tattoo like maybe you're not stocking the ink that you need for that job so you gotta go order it and then if they cancel it's not like you're just returning the ink like sorry it's staying on my shelf until i use it now yeah i mean even the time i mean the time is the biggest thing i mean like obviously like if i you know bought something you know specifically for this job and didn't use it i mean like you'll find someone that can use it it's not going anywhere the biggest irritant of me is like, okay, like, you know, maybe they don't understand because, I mean, if you're not an artist and you don't draw, maybe you don't realize, you know, the kind of time mm-hmm. it takes to get something ready. But, I mean, when you got a lot of time invested in something, I mean, like, I've, you know, spent weeks working on things and then they don't show up or they blow you off, you know, and then, like, you're the asshole for, you know, like, feel like you wasted your time. Yeah. Well, and, uh, even more than that, you schedule four hours out of your day to work on someone's sleeve or back piece or whatever and then they don't show up well you just didn't get paid for four hours out of your day when you could have when you told three other people that they couldn't come in that day exactly right that's the time and and they wanted three little one hour jobs or 45 minute just quick mom tattoos or something like that it happens, man, all the time. I mean, like, it's it's frustrating, you know, and that's, you know, was a small percentage of the reason that I decided to just close the doors of the shop, you know, because it gets to that point where, I mean, like, your passion becomes job, you know, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, you deal with all these things, you know, that just, you know, make you grit your teeth, you know, like I said, it just kind of just sours the pot a little bit, you know, I kind of had to just take a step back from it and say, okay, well, I need to kind of just get back to just enjoying doing tattoos, you know, and just do them privately and not deal with uh, the madness of the general public and things like mm-hmm. that, you know, and, and instantly, as soon as I made that decision, I found myself drawing far more because, I mean, even like I would be drawing stuff for clients, but like sitting down just free drawing it for, for myself you. and enjoying it was so stagnant and like 
it just didn't happen, you know, like I was only drawing mm -hmm. whenever it was a job or wherever I had to or just had to produce something so that I could pay my bills and yeah. eat. And that, like I said, just sours the whole pot. You need to get a whole bunch of bad talk about you and your local <laughs> tattoo community, though. Yeah. Going from a shop to a private. Well, the good thing is, is at least, because um, technically I was a private studio the whole time. I mean, like, yeah. I was never really open to the public. I didn't take walk-ins, nothing like that. I mean, I would have specific days that I would take walk-ins, you know, or just a special event or whatever. But... <clears throat> The majority of people, you know, or at least I mean, anybody that's been in there and seen how I work, I mean, I can definitely trust me, you know, yeah. where I'm at now. I, I think like, the key is dedicated space. Yep. You know, not setting up in your kitchen and doing it or something, yeah. but. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if your kitchen's clean enough, you know. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it just all depends shops on what can be dirty too, you know. but it's more, I don't know. It's, it's like, I feel like other legitimate artists will make comments if nothing else because oh, yeah. like i i mean i have a lot of friends that are tattoo artists back up home and like you know they'll very clearly to one another even be like that's not cool man like oh yeah it's not legit what you're doing it's just like the foot down thing you know what i mean like it's better to just you know say something <laughs> you know, yeah than to just pretend like it's okay you know but yeah i mean like obviously like um, my point is, it's just that, like, you know, um, no matter where I'm doing it, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that it's being done right and in a sanitary environment, you know, and everything is good to go. Like, I can't think of any little, anybody that I've ever had any issues with as far as, like, a, a sanitation, anything mm -hmm. like that, you know, I mean, like, pretty hard, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, you'd have to be completely negligent, I feel like, you know, pretty inconsiderate for something like that to even happen, you know, you have to be pretty slow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I feel like, uh, like. But it's easy. It's easy to do that when you're at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when and not for me. I mean, I'm like, just saying I'm so in general. Yeah. It's not even funny. Yeah. But, like, in general, if you're at home, like, you can do things sloppy. You can be right. a little bit lazy versus in your formal shop or, like, someone's going to come in and inspect you or something and, you know health is going to come in and look at look around and make sure you're not doing sketchy stuff right. like but i think that like i said because i wanted to do tattoos i mean as far back as i remember i'd say five six years old i mean like my whole entire life i've thought of the sanitary i mean like i don't stop wiping shit down i mean like at home i mean i don't care where i'm at and i'm like everything you know like i just like things to be clean nothing everything has its own place i mean like how are you going to run a skate park? Oh, that would be so easy. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it won't be easy to keep it playing. It is nothing but <laughs> It's funny because I was watching a, a video of the factory, and it was like whenever they first had repainted their ramps, you know, they're beautiful. And then, like, the first tire skid on it. You know what I mean? He's, like, losing his mind. He's like, oh, my God. No, not like that. <laughs> yeah. Just constant dirt. Like, you but could sweep just the park. Big. Yeah. Like the and then you'll have to sweep the park again as soon as yeah. you're done. I really enjoy sweeping, though. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's just nasty. Skate parks are gross. Especially when you crawl under a ramp that's been there for a year and a half. You, pull, you pull the deck off of it oh. and you just go, Ugh. 
I lived at Ben Snowden's ramp house. Yeah. I mean, like, you wouldn't even believe. I couldn't even speak of some things that have Spiders been found in the room. Oh, uh, far grosser we, than that. We had, well, <laughs> found some I gross mean, shit in the we had pit so too. many spiders <laughs> at the ice house that, like, when we were tearing the stuff out that was in there before us, I wanted to call it the spider house. Oh, my God. Is that bad? It was everywhere. It was the jumping spiders. It was big wall spiders. Well, they love wood, man. Yeah. Nice heated space. Um, the park up in New York, every single time we would tear a setup out and build a new one, there were dead cats under the ramps. Like neighborhood cats that just came in to be warm and then they died overnight because it was cold. <laughs> dead cats. <laughs> That's so the last thing I'd expect to find under a rock. It's awful. When awful. You're like, because you don't even smell it when it dies. It's so cold. <laughs> it dies in the winter, <laughs> and then the like it's had enough time to just it's be on its own that it doesn't really smell, and then you got to move it after like a year or two. Oh man, it's rough. That is rough. That might be the roughest skateboard. Skate park story I've ever heard. <laughs> it was every single time. What time is it, by the way? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's eleven. Okay. Right. But um, yeah, we'll we'll start heading towards wrap. Cause I still want to talk to you after anyway. Yeah, I got this big back piece I'm working on tomorrow. Have you ever seen the movie The Haunting? No. Nineteen ninety one came no. out. Um, definitely a good movie. Cycle movies are still kind of scary. It's not scary, actually. <laughs> but uh, I'm doing this <clears throat> tattoo of a set of doors that are in this movie. They're like a bunch of demons and stuff, you know. I'm finally putting the first session down on it. It's going to be pretty sweet. Maybe like a five or six hour tattoo. Yeah, to get the lines in. So you're wearing the shirt for the block. That's what you're calling it. Um, do you have an Instagram for that already? I do, actually. And like, I can't. Get off that name. I mean, like, uh, the front of the building says Keck Block at 1915 was when that building was put up. Like, I'm actually going to do a, a walkthrough and have uh, the woman who owns the building give me, like, a full history of it, you know, because she did that whenever we first initially looked at the building and, like, completely taken away about how much history is in this building. And, like, it has a second floor. I mean, it has, like, it used to have apartments mm -hmm. in there and, like, he wants to put yeah, tons of stuff, art gallery and stuff upstairs, all kinds of stuff. Um, I don't know what the point was. I think I lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, yeah, the name. That's how I, uh, as soon as I seen that, it, it just initially, like, stuck. And now I can't call it anything else. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually doing shirts for anybody who wants to donate. Uh, I figured 20 bucks would be a good mark. That's usually the price of our shirts. Um, so anybody that wants to donate, get one of these. Probably not a red one. I think I'll be the only one that's allowed to have a red one. <laughs> Everybody else get black. Uh, what's the Instagram? It should just be Block Skate Park at Block Skate Park. Tried to just make it easy because I've you know come up with what I thought was really creative Instagram names. I gotta say, to start it's surprising that that's not. I did taken. check. I did check. Um, well, I, I know if you created it already, then it wasn't taken. But it's surprising that it wasn't taken. Yeah, like I did, I did research uh, the name just to see what else there was called the block or block, you know. And uh, surprisingly enough, yeah, nothing like that. Butcher used to have a shop called the Block. Oh yeah. In Bethlehem, 
Nice. It's kind of funny because you're be a new Bethlehem. That is You'll fun. be the new block. <laughs> <laughs> new kids on the block. <laughs> but, uh, like, they have a huge scene, and that, that didn't stick around. Huh. So, like, I'm I'm nervous for you, man. Like, I'm I'm excited for you, and I hope it really well, works out well. I but. think what you said is the biggest thing is to offer something that we don't have, you know, and already with a 24-hour access, you know, so, I mean, yeah. like... I mean, like I said, I truly expect, you know, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hoping that, like, we get people that after work and after hours, like I said, that just don't normally have the time to ride. Because, like I said, I mean, when I get through the day and all the things are done and it's, you know, I mean, granted, everything I do to me is fun and, like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I work a single day because I enjoy everything that I do. But at the end of the day, when all of the tasks are done, you know, and I want to go riding, you can't. You know, like I said, it's either dark out or there's nowhere to go or it's too cold. There's so many factors. And I honestly think this eliminates all those factors. So, like, as long as we have a way to make it affordable, because that's the biggest thing. I mean, like, people are going to want to know, you know, how much am I going to have to pay for a membership, you know? Like, those are obviously details that will have to be worked out once we know relatively what it'll cost to just keep the place going. Yeah, you're going to have to figure out all your overhead and but everything. And that's why I was wondering if you had a business plan already or if you're kind of in the process of developing it. Well, I do know what it's going to cost us to have the place, just to have the roof, you know, and the walls and all of the access to the inside. I mean, do like, you I do know, know cost. what previous tenants have paid for electricity a month? The last thing that was in there was a grocery store, and it was in there for about three weeks. So I don't know. Um, she, well, listen to this. This is a big deal because obviously you're starting to ask about utilities because in a warehouse, heating it is going to be outrageous, right? All utilities are included. And I mean, like I'm telling you, like we'll we'll speak off mic, you know, about yeah, the price the and stuff. Is. But I mean, like. The fact that she's allowing us to have these utilities included in the rent and then also offering us a reduced rent while the thing is building hype, you know, until we mm -hmm. get on our feet, you know, we won't have to pay a full, you know, mm -hmm. month's rent, you know. So, like, so she's doing a lot, you know, because she really believes in the idea. She thinks that it will really, really play in tune with what she has going on already as well as help it expand because, um, you know, I was going to drop the ball on a different idea, but I mean, like, I should probably keep that under wraps until later. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Better not to blow smoke. So, I honestly think that just, like, even if you just take the BMX out of it completely, and it's just a bike shop, and we can just make people that are, you know, on the trail, and, that, you know, the people that she already has, you know, in the local community, involved in the biking community, I think that that alone would be enough to keep it going because there's nothing like that. Like I said, I mean, we literally don't have a bike shop. Um, we have one thing that calls itself a bike shop and it's Paul's Auto Parts. And like, if you call them to get any kind of help about anything BMX related, they literally have no idea what you're talking about. You know, you like, you literally, they probably wouldn't even know what a free coaster was or anything like that. I mean, like mm -hmm. they're just, they're, they're not into, they offer bike parts, but that's about as far as it goes. So like, there's literally nothing like that. Um, I mean, where do you even go to, like, you know, get your wheel shooter? I mean, like, any kind of bicycle maintenance. And, I mean, 90% of the people that ride these cycles, I mean, probably don't know how to tear their, you know, their wheel apart. And, you know, like, 
a lot of people would rather just pay someone to look it over and tell them what's wrong with it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like, I really feel like this is in, like, the perfect location for that already. And then the BMX side of it is really just, it's a big, big bonus. You know, like I said, this would give us a space. And, like, this is something that she isn't really into as far as, like, you know, doesn't really care about jumping or anything like that. But she loves the enthusiasm behind it. And she really loves the idea behind it and how this could really, really kind of just change, you know, the swing of things for cyclists in that area because, I mean, otherwise... If you want to cycle or bike, you got to leave the town. You got to leave the area. I guess the my question there is, are you going to be doing anything for like your typical cyclist then? Like, obviously the wheel mill is heavily focused towards mountain biking and and families in general, where anyone right. can come in there and they can just ride pretty much anywhere in that whole place. Right. You know, there's nothing. I mean, that's the reason there's not a lot of grindable stuff is because it's not family-oriented. It's not for beginners. Right. Um, you know, even the jump room, everything is rollable. Yep. And so I, <clears throat> I do like that, that it's tuned into where, like I said, I mean, someone that doesn't have any experience in BMX can come in there and they can get a feel for it. You know? So I really feel like that we are going to have to offer, obviously, a few things like that. I would love to have a resi, love to have a foam pit. You know, those are two things that I feel like, you know, are detrimental to a kid. You know, at least being able to feel comfortable mm-hmm. on a bike and not have to worry about hurting himself. Um, but as far as, again, offering something that the wheel mill doesn't, I mean, like, you go to the wheel mill and you're riding indoors. I mean, we'll offer rentals and all kinds of mountain bikes and things like that where you could rent them and ride them outside on the trail. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, like, that's one thing that, like, you certainly wouldn't want to rent a bike and ride it around the streets around the home, you know, around Homewood. You know, probably not. Well, they they do. They run do they? them because they have Frick Park there for mountain biking. Oh yeah. See, I don't. I've never even heard. So of that. they they have a huge mountain biking trail so right there. So can you rent a bike at the mill and then take it outside? Yep. See, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Um. But like I said, like that's just I think that's something else that you know, just it's not so much the uh, relying on everybody coming into the skate park to keep it open. You know, what I mean, we're gonna offer a lot of things outside of the skate park and offer a lot of things for the town and the community that just aren't available to them right now, you know. And um, another thing I would like to do, if we could get other uh, teams and companies and stuff like that on board, I would love to start doing little events. Um, I would love to, I mean, like, mm-hmm. um, obviously, you know, jams and everything are huge in building with a BMX team, but I would love to do, like, an amateur, like, simple session. You know, like, if we had a, a spot that was, like, street-oriented and it had maybe one or two box jumps and... Yeah, had a good flow it would be really cool to get like because there's a couple you know local rider built brands and stuff like that people trying to do something with you know bmx and want to start their own thing it'd be really cool to like have like a little contest you know and you know get a little bit of morale boosted you know what i mean you know mm-hmm. throw a little bit of cash at the winners you know like we think it'd be really really cool to just you know do something that nobody else is doing you know like i mean is there anybody around here doing contests i mean i know that um, the, I mean, we host our jams. Uh, the Wheel Mill hosts a handful of jams and events all throughout the year, different contests. Skate One Four hosts contests. Are they for amateurs? Yeah. No way. Yeah, everyone. How do I not hear about all this stuff? Skate One Four was doing. I think it was last winter. No, see, or last I knew that they were a skate shop, but I didn't know they had a. Do they have a park? Skate One Four's got a full park in Altoona. Wow, I love their logo. So they were doing a weekly 
contest. Oh, yeah? And then at the end of all those weeks of contests, they had, like, a, a final for the winner from every week was invited back to participate in their final contest. That's a pretty cool idea. So it was cool. Um, but speaking of them, and speaking of wanting to do an all-street setup, you should check them out and head out to Altoona for a day. Yeah, I think I, I like it. Because they are laid out very street-oriented. Really? I think it's probably, like, exactly what you want to do. Frick, wait, no. Uh, uh, skate 1-4. Skate 1-4. I think Frick Park for some reason. Um, <clears throat> they... They're definitely doing the the heavy street setup and everything like that. Awesome. See, I would even like to have just like something that was like a simulated loading dock. You know what I mean? Like stuff that like is real street. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I mean, even like if you think about how you do like DIY like crime ledges, how they just mm-hmm. cinder block and you, know, well, you can do that like, inside because all you do is sledgehammer it out at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, she's completely willing. Like I mean, like I said, I did a walkthrough with her. Um, she's completely willing to let us drill into the floor to mount rails and things like that. Like it was a supermarket. They're still um, check out. How high are the ceilings? I don't think we'll have any problem hitting them. We'd have to have a pretty big. Well, what what are do you know what they are? I don't know the measurement of the height of the ceiling. That's one thing I wasn't able to get from her just yet. <clears throat> I mean, not. It's not really a huge killer because our ice house ceilings were eight and a half feet. Jeez. And you were there's quarters and I mean like Oh yeah. We had a vert wall. Yeah, that's I don't think there's like any I mean you could hit them easily if you wanted to. Like Well, because so here's what I'm kind of thinking just for reference for you. If you have like a six foot quarter in a 15 foot ceiling building, you've only got three feet of head clearance. Okay. <clears throat> See, and I need someone. When you're standing on a deck, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. you don't have any room in a 15 foot ceiling building right. to build tall stuff. Right. And I think that's about what Skate 1 4 has. Maybe that's why they're May- more street oriented. But, but, well, so they've got like a bank up. And then a deck, and then a bank up, and then a deck, and you don't have any headroom. Really? So you run out of it really quick when you start putting a deck and like another ramp on top of it. Right, right. You start trying to layer things up. So then you've got most likely your your ceiling height's gonna be to the ceiling itself. Then you have like piping and fixtures and like Lights, things yeah. that stick down. That are not taken into consideration in your ceiling height. So, like, there's a lot of things to look at. Yeah, I'll I'll show you some pictures here. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. Like I said, I don't think that uh, the ceiling will be a factor at all. You know, like I couldn't even give you an idea of a number of how tall it is, but like I, I definitely don't think that we'd have any problem with head height or anything like that, even if we were, you know, on top of a ten foot quarter. Yeah, I think we'd still be good. So you're thinking like 20 foot probably? It's pretty tall. Yeah. 20 is a big building. The wheel mill might be 20-ish. Oh, you think so? Uh, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I'm terrible. At I'm, I'm thinking... I'm thinking that their jump room is probably 20 foot. Oh, 
Because 20 foot is two stories. Right. Yeah, so it probably isn't that high. Oh, I definitely know it isn't that high then. You're, you're probably somewhere in the 15 range. Yeah, maybe it would have to be. Which yeah, means you, the second floor which means you can't put any box jumps in there. Why by me? Yeah. I mean, everybody tells me that, like, gotta have a box jump, but I don't have to have... You know, yeah, I don't have to do anything. Think about this. this is you can. Else. You can put a four-foot box jump in. This is something that, like... It's such a good idea. I don't know if I want to say it on the, you know, on the airwaves because I'm telling you what, that it's never been done, and like I would need probably some help to figure out how to make it functional. But have you ever seen a foam pit for street style things? Yeah. Have you that you Woodward could like? Ha- Woodward has them into rails and or, 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 a rail. And and the it's foam. got foam steps and then a foam landing with. Hubba's on both sides and a rail. Right. You and then it's got it's got a resi version right next to it. Really? See, like this is something that I was really trying to figure out, like how to really tune that in, because how else do you? Get it is completely it? not worth building, because here's what you got. Well, it, all right. So you, what you're not thinking about is how tall it has to be built, because you need like three to four feet of foam. Right. Which means that your foam pit has to be up this high. Then you need to build your obstacle up and you lose all of that space to construction. Right. Because now you have to build your run-up and everything all the way up on a platform. I gotta get you in this building. Yeah, start, yeah, just eyeing up like the corners and seeing like a second, like obviously like the biggest thing is, you know, trying to make sure that it all flows together. I'll show you some of the stuff I've worked on with with other people plus what I've had. Yeah, that would be cool, man. <clears throat> like I said, just to get some other eyes on it, you know, because like I said, um, yeah, you're only uh, able to do so much with your own head. You know, like well, it's, it's easy to go think something's going to be easy to do, and it's like you don't want to do that, right? Yeah, or, it's or even practical or like it. there's cool ideas that we had for the ice house that we opted out of because of what it would have done to the flow. Like the ice house is not the original layout that I sketched. Well, I. Yeah, you know, I imagine I've, you know, been well, blasting through them like trying when to we, figure when it we, out. When we, like, we sketched out an idea, and we, it's generally the same, but we built one ramp, see what you could do with it. Wait a week, build another thing. Okay, now we've got this flow, do we really want to put that there? And we changed our mind and put something else in. Then yeah, smart. You know, just kind of see how things feel out as you things. go instead of trying to you know, load up and then having to work around everything. Well, and that worked when we were doing it just for ourselves and our rent was as cheap as it was. Trying, like, having to build this place out to start making money, I don't think you're going to have that super luxury of, like, ride it out and see how everything flows together. Right. You're going to have to build something, put it in place, build another thing and see where to move it to. Right. <laughs> Not as much like real feeling stuff out. I'm excited though, man. I mean, like the whole process, like mm-hmm. I said, is just something that I feel like I've wanted to do for a very long time and now like I've finally got, you know, some light at the yeah, end yeah. of the tunnel here just as far as like, I mean, the opportunity is it's just better than it ever has been before. So, I mean, like, I'm going to do it full send, you know. 
I think that it'll do well. You know, I really do, like I said. And I mean, like, I really feel like, you know, if it's good enough, you know, it won't be that hard to get people to come up, you know, and check it out. <clears throat> like I said, the biggest thing is just being able to keep the price affordable because obviously, you know, I mean, like, you sit there and weigh, like, is that worth, you know, paying to go up there? I mean, you got to do the driving, you got to do the, you know, the whole trip, you know, the whole thing. So it's just got to be worth, you know. Yeah. Gotta be worth it. It's gotta be affordable. Set set up some. Is there any hotels and motels in that area? Like B and Bs and stuff like that. Um, okay, because in Clarion and Canada, we, or Canada, Canada. For doing what you're trying to do, you also need to turn it into a tourist draw in some way. And the best way to do that is to partner with a local motel or or B and B, and get reduced rates for anyone coming by your park. Right. Because everything has to tie in and be a seamless weekend for people. Right. As soon as it starts to be janky and difficult, like... That's how it is when I go to raise. Mm-hmm. You know, the hotel and the, you know, all that is just, you know, it's a must. I mean, that's the only way to go to raise. <laughs> yeah, because you need, like, three days to ride that place. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome up there. But, um, I think we're going to end with an incorrect quote from Field of Dreams, which is that if you build it, they will come. That's not the correct quote. Nope. What's the, I just used that quote the other day. What's the real quote? I think it. <laughs> I think it's if you build it, he will come. Oh, that doesn't sound as good. I know it doesn't. <laughs> just trying to draw in one guy. But I'm pretty sure that's the actual quote. I'm gonna go home and look it up because I've been using that. <laughs> that's funny that you chose that. But yeah, we'll wrap on that. So, uh, what do you want to? Promote and what should they follow you on? Um, basically, I would say to keep the most up to date Instagram. I definitely prefer Instagram to anything else. Um, don't really care too much about Facebook and Snapchat, but those are the the big social hubs as far as people paying attention to things. So Facebook, pretty easy to find me, Rhett Allen Atwood. Um, Instagram, I do Stay Inspired Productions. Productions is abbreviated, so P R O D. Stay Inspired Productions is uh, my personal Instagram, and I do my photography and, and film and things on there. The BMX uh, page would be uh, at StayRad underscore BMX, and then uh, Block Skate Park is the new one. It's a lot. Three Instagrams to run. Yeah, Facebook, all that crap. I have <laughs> six, page. and I have yeah. to have it split between two phones because... You can only have five on one phone. Can you? Yes. I didn't know that there was a limit. There's a limit. But how well did they do making it seamlessly to move between accounts on Instagram? And like, sometimes I don't realize I'm only only they would have left it in uh, chronological order, then everything would be okay. Yeah, well, there's no going back. No, no, because they make money with it not in chronological. You know, Facebook owns Instagram. Oh, of course. bought that out. I know. That's been a couple of years. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Well, people were like, man, what's been going on? Instagram's been changing, changing. No, they're That's making it so more different. like Facebook. Like, oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. It's because Facebook likes themselves. They want everything to be like Facebook. I mean, I get the algorithm thing, but man, does it suck. What do you mean? When it's not in chronological order, and, uh, well, and they're, they're showing you what they think you want to see. I was just speaking about You're like, no, I scroll until I've already seen that post. Then I stop scrolling. It's like with YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, if 
You know, I mean, like, if you're looking at, like, okay, what they are thinking you want to see, I mean, like, the first video, two years old. Next one, five years old. You know, it's like, does it go by views? Does it go by relatively, you know, what you search? Like, why do I want to see, you know, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Why am I seeing stuff that Dig posted five years ago and not something they posted yesterday? You know, it just Who doesn't knows? make any sense. Because, like you said, I mean, like, we want the most relevant stuff. I mean, like, you know, if I care enough about no, it, I'll No, I don't want the most it. relevant stuff. Well, determined by now. I want the most recent. Most recent. And that's what, I mean, even YouTube sorts comments by most popular. Do they? Yeah, they're not in order. I don't look at YouTube comments, but man, that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, like, I don't know who's thinking of these things, man, but uh, it's, it's all backwards. It's all marketing. And they can use it. Like, you know what? They're right a lot of the time. When, when they're showing me stuff, I'm like, yep, this is all sick. And then when you go to the people's pages you haven't seen in a while, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I, I didn't miss anything. Right. So they're not wrong, but I just don't, like, I don't, if I don't get on a page that re often, I see the same thing over and over. Because it's getting like And it's, it's showing longer. me the same person. I'm like, all right, but what about everyone else? Like, they're all doing stuff. I just, I got on here today because I care about what's going on here today. If I wanted to see what Rhett's been up to for the last six months, and I haven't used Instagram in six months, I'm just going to go to your page. Well, that's what I mean. And right? I'm going to scroll through them, and I'm going to like some of them, and you'll be like, why is Andy spam liking me <laughs> for the last six that. months? And like, whatever. I'm like, you know, scrolling through, like, Sean Burns' news. I'm like, I just phone like something that we posted last year he's probably like what is this dude doing so deep in my you know I'm sure <laughs> see, I don't think that's weird at all well, I, I find it weird to, man. It's so easy I find it weird count. when you get like a one off and it's like that was so long ago and it's a comment always yeah. you're like <laughs> but it's always some random company that's just promoting nothing right this is sick man and you're like like oh, a, yeah, I bet you think so, like, jewelry place from nowhere. Why Why are you commenting on my stuff? How did product. you find me? <laughs> yeah, I always love that. You know? Yeah. Oh, the Liddy hats is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be promoting Liddy hats, but yeah. Liddy hats is sweet, and I'm happy every time they comment on mine or anyone else's <laughs> post. Well, now it's going to happen twice as much because you said that. Oh, it, it can't happen more times than it already does. It's every post. Yeah, they must really like your stuff then. Yeah, I don't know what they want. You. Yeah, we need to get you in one of our lids. Yeah, I, I bet. put a lid on this. Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. Social media, man. All right, well, we're going to keep talking. So, uh,. Thanks for checking this one out, and uh, you know, follow Grindworks on Facebook at Grindworks BMX, Instagram, Twitter is Grindworks underscore BMX. That's also on Snapchat. Send me what you want. I don't want it. I'll look at it, but I don't want it. <laughs> uh, and then Grindworks BMX on Mixer, Anchor, and YouTube.
So, uh, hopefully you like the new camera angles as well. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about them yet, personally. But I built the thing. It looks cool on my desk. Works a lot better. I have easy access to the lights. Oh. <laughs> um, so, that's cool. And I can bang on the table and not vibrate the camera. So, alright. I'll catch you guys next time. Oh, that's the wrong thing. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. Uh, this one was with Rat Atwood. Um, make sure you follow what he's got going on. Uh, check it out. Support it if you want to. Uh, he's definitely got a long road ahead of him. Um, but I wish him the best. You know, definitely be sick to have another place to go ride. So, uh, as of right now, I don't have another episode recorded, so I have a couple interviews lined up at the moment. Um, we will see who is in and uploaded first, but all I can say to give you any sort of hint is that I may actually have to do a little bit of prep work before my next interview, because... Uh, there's just a little bit of knowledge that needs to be had on the front end here. So, that's cool, but, um, you know, n nothing too big. But, thanks for checking it out. Follow Grindworks BMX on all the major socials. Some of them are Grindworks underscore BMX. Some of them are without an underscore. I believe you'll figure that one out on your own. Thanks. <laughs>